And now, introducing the man who's been questioning his coaching advice to the Suns as while he maintains he felt it was the right thing to do, he has concerns that perhaps, quote, my advice to intimidate the Lakers by refusing to score over the final four minutes might not be as tactically sound as once believed, unquote. Despite insistence that there'd be dire consequences if he moved forward with his initial plan, he plowed ahead at full speed and agreed to trade his wife's car for what was advertised on Craigslist as only, quote, the original Batmobile, unquote, despite a photo clearly depicting a moving van with a shoddily spray-painted symbol. He is... Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. We're here. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. It's a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We could spend time talking about the Orioles, but why would we do that? Okay. Glad we could uh, come to that uh, agreement. Is Mountcastle okay? I, I don't know. I mean, he's, they stayed. He I mean, stayed in. A, the, he stayed in a, the game. He stayed in, but then they got looked at him and right. dug out, and they yeah. didn't. They pull him eventually. They did, actually, but at that right. point, like I he, don't know, he like, ran. Like he went to first base. But you don't ran. need a handmate to run. I, I mean, I guess that was just re- reminiscent true. of the Marcakis. I don't know. I don't know. I, I always get scared. I think sc- I, I'm scarred I, I by those. I injuries. thought we saw that he had an MRI and it came back negative. I hope that's the I case. I thought we saw that. You can you can double check on that very quickly. Um, uh, as long as that's the case, uh, who cares? Uh, they play in the afternoon today, so they got that going for them. Whatever you want to, you know, I got, I got nothing else to say about the uh, Baltimore Orioles. It's just what it is. It's what it is. They'll pop back up here in Would You Rather Wednesday in a second. Um, the only other thing uh, locally that was going on yesterday. Way, way too many of you. I, and I'm not. This isn't even a knock at Joe Ortiz. Way too many of you are unwilling to critically think about things when they're presented. And it's not just you guys, it's media, too. We just are willing to share anything. Joe Hortiz saying something about, well, we took Rashad Bateman at 27 because the Packers were going to take him at 29. You say it because, or you talk about it, make it feel like a big deal because it makes you feel like you got one over on somebody. Like, ha-ha, we stole your guy. Which may or may not be true to begin with. I mean, who knows? Did the Packers want Rashad Bateman? Maybe. He was a really good football player. They might have. They might have wanted him at 27. But the, there's another side to that conversation. If the Ravens only took a player at a certain spot because they feared someone else was going to take them and not because he was the top guy on their board, that's, that's S.E. drafting. That's not a, a, a coup. That's not an accomplishment. That's horrendous. That is a horrible way to draft. You draft the best player. Now, I happen to think that Rashad Bateman was the best player, and that's the reason why they drafted him. They just want to, you know, feel like they ought, hey, I, <laughs> I tell you what else, we also got one over on somebody. Want me to advocate for the devil? You'd just be doing it for your own en- no, entertainment. The only other, the only other, I don't know if you want to call it a nugget that we got from the draft prior, or I think post what they had done with selecting Bateman at twenty-seven and Oway at thirty-one, was the report that they had Gregory Rousseau and 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 Adafi Owe at the same or roughly the same grade or level. Uh huh. And so they were comfortable or they felt confident that one of them would be available at 31 that was that was a report that was out there 
Uh, and so, like, in theory, in theory, this is, again, advocating for the devil here. In theory, if they had Rousseau away at, I don't know, 27 or 25, 26, right? Uh-huh. And Bateman at 28. Uh-huh. And they said, well, we need one of each. We need one. Like, we know we need a receiver. It's we been like terrible it. drafting. That is a terrible way to draft. Oh, I hear you. Teams I think- trade up and move ahead of you and get the guy that you wanted. If you drafted a guy that you didn't think was the best guy on the board, by the way, it's horse S. And I want to make that very clear. It's horse S. The Ravens got the guy they wanted. If they were prioritizing Rashad Bateman, it's because they thought Rashad Bateman was the best player. This other stuff is the stuff that you say to posture afterwards. This, we think we're so smart and we know teams move up. They move ahead of you. Well, we can get, you know, we're, we can get the guy that we want then. Right until the moment that somebody steps up and says, no, we want that guy. We'll go get him. It is a nonsense thing to think is an accomplishment. It's, it's possible, by the way. I don't, there is so much misinformation related to the draft that none of this is relevant. Let's just say it's possible that that scenario that you just presented is true. Even then, you ran the risk of not getting the player that you thought you wanted. Or, or no, you, and and no, I get what you're saying. Even then, you ran a risk of not getting the guy that you wanted, and it shouldn't be celebrated. It should be pointed out as a terrible way to draft. Get the guy. If you think they're the guy, go get them. Stop all of these shenanigans. By the way, Mountcastle off of the hand contusion. The X-rays were negative. Yes, that's what I thought. This is this thing that we just want to we, – we so badly want to feel like you're winning when a sport's not playing. It's just this thing. We, we've got this weird, like, obsession. I mean, that's sports fans, ev- right? Everything has got to be a win. This will be a win based on whether or not the player's good. Nothing else is relevant. This, this puff your chest – hey, we stole something away from the Packers. Maybe. Or the Packers brilliantly – made sure that you thought they wanted a certain guy so that they made sure they could get whatever guy they wanted. Not that I think the Ravens are drafting let's, let's, at 20 whatever. I think part of this also has to come down, part of maybe the obsession with fans and probably disconnect with reality is that this is tangentially similar to fantasy football scenarios that might play out in one's draft where you are say you're picking at 10th overall mm-hmm. and you have to get past the turn and you're like well even though i know this player might this guy definitely needs one of these positions this guy definitely needs he's going to take one of these top guys at that position so mm-hmm. i can't run the risk of letting him fall there because mm-hmm. i know he's going to be gone i think that that sort of thinking partially is probably where fans are I don't think it has anything to do with it. I, I don't think, think it. I don't think that's what they consciously done. I don't think it's related. I think, but what, you do know what I'm talking about. I know. I think. Football. I think this is directly about wanting to feel like, ha ha, we got one over on you. This is absolutely a you want to feel something innate that re, that looks like a victory because you can't any, get a victory. I don't have any animosity toward Green Bay. I, I I don't feel anything towards this story. I don't. I'd like to hope that you're not the person that's impacted. If you're the person that thinks that this is a thing, well, I mean, I already then, celebrated then probably, last yeah, night. You probably shouldn't be here. I cracked a nice bottle like of the red. The people that think this is a thing and the non-critical way in which it the story is retold in the media without adding any context or thought to it to just reshare it. 
as fact. It's a big problem that we have where we can just say, well, that's what, that's what Joe Ortiz, all we're doing is passing along what Joe Ortiz said. We're, we don't have to add any context to it. Creates the, the problem where we are. Now it's passed off as being factual. The Ravens stole a player away from the Packers. We have no idea if it's factual or not. We have no clue. In fact, the only evidence the, the Ravens that uh, George Ortiz presented was, well, it was a conversation that we had with uh, Guntkust, who's, you know, it's got a, the name that's always very difficult. You always worry about Spell that it. one. Yeah. Um, uh, is there, is there the Packers GM. What? Is there a V in there? Guntkust? Somewhere? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's G U N T K. You know, I actually have no idea how it's spelled. The Packers GM. Um, Kyle Juszczyk. At, at his pro day that made us think that we really liked him. I mean, what even is that? Unless something like Valentine's. I mean, how, how many times does a guy go to a pro day and they're like, eh, I got to tell you, I don't even know why I'm here. This guy sucks. I've done it a I few mean, times. for Christ's sakes, man. It doesn't. By the way, none of that means the Packers didn't want Rashad Bateman. I'm not telling you that either. They got they a might Mario very, Rogers in the third, right? Uh, yes. They might very well have wanted Rashad Bateman. I don't know. It seems a little odd that the team that's literally never drafted wide receivers in the first round suddenly was all in and zeroed in on this guy. I don't know if you've heard there's the a guy. bit of turmoil over there. Yeah, they've never Green seemed Bay. to be concerned about that. They might be a little bit now. But instead of going and drafting a receiver afterwards, they didn't. They they, they, they were so concerned about wide receiver that they decided that the once the one guy was gone, they weren't going to draft anybody until the third round. They've got issues, Glenn. I mean, again, none of this means that they didn't love Rashad Bateman. They might very well have. But we need to apply critical thought sometimes. Any ounce of critical thought to this. A sniff test. I criticize you all the time. Yeah, that's, that's a different problem. <laughs> sometimes it's deserved. Sometimes I absolutely deserve that. Other times, you're just trying to be that guy, and you think that's what you're supposed to do, or it's the life that you've lived. I, and I'm not, it's not me knocking Joe Ortiz. Joe Ortiz has no responsibility. He is not a member of the media. He does not need to critically share something. He can posture and try to puff his chest all he wants. I like Joe Ortiz. For the most part, I think he's done a pretty good job as the director of college scouting, at least in recent years. Um, he has every right to try to make it seem like we already know the Ravens have done a good job in the draft and uh, talk up his work. It is not his responsibility to share the other side of it. That's ours. At least in the media, it should be. It's our responsibility to say, um, maybe. Like, maybe that's how it worked out. And even if it is how that worked out, is that the way that you should be drafting? Or do you run the risk of losing the players you actually wanted and and, and you become uh, to be fair, DJ Khaled and you played yourself in the process? I am – like, I get what you're saying entirely. Understand it. You're not wrong. But this is – like, let's say this scenario is the Ravens having Rashad Bateman be the – or let's, let's rephrase this. In a similar scenario to the way that when – Derwin James happened to be on the board. And, of course, we will criticize them for not taking Derwin James there. Hayden Hurst was not as good as Derwin James. The need at tight end was an issue in the way that they entered the draft with a, a necessity, uh -huh. right? Like they had to address. Uh -huh. You could argue receiver not quite as drastic of a need. It was, a pretty, it it was, was still a, definitely a need, but you could correct. argue it was not necessarily the glaring need that the tight end was. Maybe. So. They have 
for some reason, Gregory Russo or Adafe Owe as their 20, I don't know, 23rd, 24th, mm-hmm. or whatever their ranking might be. Mm-hmm. And they say, look, we need to figure this receiver thing out. Like, we need to stop doing the best then, player then you available. you have your answer. But I've, this is something they that i They think I've, that player's better. That's or they think that the, that, and I know that you've always said the best player available is within a certain positional group yes, of they, needs, they and they it's not as if they're going to go and take a, a quarterback. And Yes, right. if, if, if it had been um, Mac Jones that was the highest rated player on their board, they weren't taking Mac Jones. Understood. At 20, it's just another way of saying it. Understood. But you can still have weighted needs, like needs on different grades and tiers. And I, somebody might argue, well, the pass rush should have been on the same tier, if not higher, than wide receiver, right? Like these tiers shouldn't have been all that dissimilar. But I've stood up on the pedestal and yelled in the past about wanting the Ravens to break away, sort of, from the best player available mold to address the wide receiver deficiency. If they're worried that another team is going to take one of these players versus the other players that they like, then they like that player better than the other players. That's the end of it. Sounds like a riddle. And it's not. It's not that hard to figure out. Say it in Spanish. If they're worried about this and they're not worried about the scenario by which there's three picks in between and two of those picks can be the other two guys that they like – but then they didn't like those players. They just sort of thought they were they were you know it's, or they it's were fine. taking calculated risks, right? And it's and the the Rousseau and Owe being both on the board with three picks in between, and they were or looking the at the two is, rosters and saying they were all saying, graded about the same way, and and that's the dirty part, of the secret about they list their tiers they list guys so, right? on a board and they say here's who we think, but they really don't think there's that much of a difference between this guy and this. Well, guy. Well, it's a tiered approach, more so probably, right? In in, in a way, it's not exactly it, yeah, as simple as saying not, like this guy's the best, these not, three guys are the next. Guys, and, right, here's yeah, a, it's not that. But the truth is, but more like they often have scores that can be equal or negligibly different. Essentially, yes. That you could essentially look at a guy and say, you know, every, all things being equal, we like this about this guy, we like this, but they're basically the same guy, right. and they're all three guys that we think about the same, similar of, and so you know. We think that there's two guys at one position, one guy at the other position, so we'll take the position where there's one guy. We're pretty confident this team isn't going to take one of these guys. And 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 that what you're saying is... It's a calculated decision. It's not that you did something so amazing or so risky. Sure. You just sort of said, we don't think there's that much of a difference between these three guys, and so we're going to take this guy because we think the next wide receiver is significantly further down than the two defensive ends are, the two edge rushers are. And And I... and that's probably more the scenario that I imagine. I don't even know if I am. I, I have no idea. I have no clue. I, I, I don't know either. I'm I just al- saying that I, I imagine. I also don't think that I, the idea that the Packers were such a significant factor in this, as if there might not have been another team that liked one of these players, I don't. Ah, that doesn't do anything for me. It does nothing for me. Nothing at all. None of this story does nothing for me. That's why I hate that we spent so much time on it. This You're is welcome. really about critical thought. This is really about an ounce. You. I can do that. Yeah, more. thank you. I appreciate that. This is really about, I don't know what just happened to my throat. Yeah, you're either. right, buddy. Some, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Are you dying? Way. I don't think so. I hope not. Yeah, me too. It ain't great. Ah, hello. Is it, hello. What does it feel like? 
dry. If it was the scale of like the dry, the it felt like I needed water. Zero, I'm not in it, pain. No, to no, no. The there's no pain. Excruciating. It just felt dry. It oh, just okay. suddenly felt like I had cotton. Arid, enough. if you will. If you will, right. yes. And I will not. That's I'm not, that's not I'm land. Not, you not might need to till that land. Um, all right, uh, so that's, uh, we did not need to spend that much time on You're it. You're welcome. There we go. I mean, we do these things sometimes. It's Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where they are celebrating their 25th anniversary right now. And to celebrate, they're, they're giving you the gift of an amazing seasonal sort of limited-time menu that includes the smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the turtle cheesecake, the silver anniversary IPA, the strip steak sandwich. They're all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. And one of you is winning a $25 gift card to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Today, by participating in Would You Rather Wednesday, by the way, find out more about this menu at glorydaysgrill.com. All you got to do to be registered to win is participate in Would You Rather Wednesday. You can either Respond to one of our scenarios or pose one of your own at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. G L E N N C L A R K. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio in order to get in. Three scenarios for today. Numero uno. Please remember this is a game. This is not me suggesting what the cost is going to be. Numero uno. Would you rather the Ravens get Julio Jones, but as it turns out, the market was much thicker than we thought, and it cost them a two C's or it, CK? Uh, uh, two C's actually. <laughs> okay. It uh, it cost them a first and third round pick. Market. Yeah, it's it's true. A first and third round. But that's not what the. I thank you, Kyle. Or the Chiefs get him for a second. How does that work? Couldn't we get him for a second? You would like to have thought that, but nope, <laughs> not the way that it played out. The Wouldn't. Chiefs got him for a second, or the Ravens have to pay a first. Why wasn't it thick for it's, the Chiefs? It's a game, Kyle. I'm not sure if you're for. There, ah, there, here we go. Here's the first guy that gets in here. <laughs> Lucas asks me if I'm on crack. Well, yes, that's separate though. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different story. What does that have to do with anything? It's unrelated. <laughs> it's unrelated to the topic. Number two, would you rather? Baltimore Orioles are going to uh, not only have this eight-game losing streak turn into a 27-game losing streak and break the record for the longest losing streak in baseball history. It's a lot more games. It's a lot more. They're also going to break the record for the most losses in a season in Major League Baseball history. And, unfortunately, one of the top three prospects is going to suffer a significant injury as well. heard that gives you, not the prospect part, but don't yeah. you get grandfathered and you're guaranteed number one pick for like 10 if years you, if you get the no, most record No, not for 10 years. Ever. That's not the case at all. You can talk to somebody. Or you can prevent that. All of it. You can prevent all of it. Or whatever parts of it you'd like to prevent. But you gotta agree to wear that godforsaken new era hat. The local market on whatever that is. Sure, sure, sure. You have to agree to wear that everywhere you go, every day for the next year. All right. Mm-hmm. And number three, would you rather? Uh, there was a Johnny Knoxville interview that got a lot of play yesterday because there's going to be a new Jackass movie coming out. It was a hell of a read, that GQ. I have not had a chance I to mean, read it I mean, it was yet. really fun. I'm sure it was great. I'm, he's a fascinating individual. Um, it was just a flood of nostalgia as well. Oh, sure, 100%. In honor of the release or to time with the release of the new Jackass movie, MTV has presented an offer to you and some of your old buddies, maybe your high school friends, Significant money, you get to be the new Jackass crew for a reboot 
of the TV series? Or are you effing insane? Did you see what these people did to each other? There is no way I would ever participate in something like that in my life. Okay? Those are your scenarios. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. That's how you get in. Respond to any or all of these scenarios. Remember, it's a game. It's a parlor game. It's not what you think it is. We've been doing it for a long time. Should not be difficult. Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Coming up later on in the program, Patrick Stevens, Drew Forrester, like we do every Wednesday on the show. Former Saints and Dolphins GM Randy Mueller is going to check in. We'll talk more about the Julio Jones situation with him and whether or not it's practical for a team like the Ravens to be able to do something like that. But before we do any of that, it's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program our next guest, of course, the legendary former Johns Hopkins head coach. He's going to help us get ready for Final Four weekend up in Hartford. It's been a good couple of weeks for his family, too. It's always a pleasure to chat with Coach Dave Petromala, who's with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Everything's all right. How about you? It's been a, a decent couple of weeks for you as lacrosse dad, right? Uh, yeah, it's been great. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled for the, the kids from, from Boys Latin. Uh, they did a great job. It's a great example of how you know struggle and adversity can make you stronger closer and uh you know in a better team and uh you know we, we they, they played a great Spalding team which uh had a great year but uh hats off to, to Brian Farrell and his staff they really did a good job yeah I mean it was an unbelievable run and what and what a week it was right for lacrosse fans in the air just to be able to like have crowds together again and watch some really high level across. It was uh, it was really nice for the region. Yeah, it, it, it was awesome. The uh, the group that I work for, a legendary sports group, actually put it all. Oh on, yeah, uh, with, with, with Coach Cottle. Yeah, yeah. The, the Naval Academy was a great venue. Uh, the teams were were terrific, and uh, you're right. It was uh, it was awesome to see you know, that many fans in the stands uh, and enjoying some good high school lacrosse. All right. So, so um, I guess I'll get this out of the way. Any update on what might be next for Dave Petromala, the Petromala family? Can It would be great if he would just be willing to break some news. Like, I've got a, I've got a, a job lined up. I'm taking it. I'm announcing it right here. Uh, I, I have well, to. It's you, obligatory, Coach. I have to ask. You know, I would love to accommodate you there. I really <laughs> would. Uh, unfortunately, I, I can't do that at the moment. Um, you know, we're, we're 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 quickly approaching the end of the season, and uh, while you never wish, you know, anybody anything happens, you know, and and, and jobs open up for for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, we're, we're we're about a week away from season's end, and, and we'll see what happens. I certainly have my eyes and, and ears open, and uh, I'm anxious to get back in the game at the college level, and uh, whether that's as a head coach or maybe a, a Power 5 assistant coach, if, if, if that's the only way. Um, but, you know, right now I think it's uh, – it's important to be patient and, and see what happens, but I but I am prepared if, if, if something does come about that's well, interest. I, I appreciate that, and I, I'd like to hope that there would be somebody that would say, uh, yeah, we, this is Dave Pedramala that's available. We don't need him as an assistant coach. We, uh, we well, need you're kind to say that. We need this man as a runner program. 
All right, uh, we'll talk about that whenever it might occur. In the meantime, Coach, it's been, a, it's been uh, by the way, last weekend, obviously there was one dud, but three absolute thrillers of games. I saw a tweet that you sent out before we get into the four teams that are playing. Um, you know, I, I, I call the games over at Loyola, and, you know, I, I think the world of Coach Toomey as, as a human being, and then he's a damn good lacrosse coach, and, and I think your sentiments are, are, are significantly correct which are, while, yes, they fall short of a return to championship weekend, this truly might be, you know, one of the most remarkable, you know, things he's ever done as a coach to get his team into this position. Yeah, you know, I think he and his staff did a heck of a job. You know, uh, there were moments where, where they struggled, and, and as I said earlier, you know, struggles, if, if, if handled appropriately, can make you stronger. They can bring you closer and unify your team, um, and, and they can make you a better team. And that's clearly uh, what took place at, at, at Loyola. You know, Charlie uh, is a friend and an outstanding coach. He's got a great staff. You know, they made a really difficult decision uh, on senior day to sit their senior goalie. Um, and while at the moment I'm sure it was really tough for Charlie to do that, um, it was the best thing they did because that young man, to his credit, really responded and played some really terrific no lacrosse doubt. down no the doubt. stretch. And, uh, you know, in particular in that Denver game, um, I thought he obviously answered the bell big at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, it's a credit to those kids and, and the culture in their locker room. Uh, they're always well-prepared. They dealt with some injuries this year and some loss of players. Uh, and then you saw some, you know, new names and new faces, you know, step up and, and grow and develop and, uh, I just have great admiration for uh, what a great job he does. Uh, I think Loyola is very fortunate to have him and the staff they have. And, uh, you know, again, even despite the, the outcome, you know, I thought they deserved a better outcome than they got, uh, but hard not to to praise them for the job that they did. It is really kind of an embarrassment of Richards on his staff, too, as you point out, with Coach Van Arsdale and Coach Dewan and, and Stevie Vakeness. It's it's a remarkable staff he's got. He's uh, Coach Dave Petromala. We should, of course, point out, Coach, you're going to be working uh, the semifinals, right? You're going to be doing some ESPN stuff this weekend? Well, I am going to be uh, I am going to be in the studio. And while they tell me I have a face for radio, I am going to be in the studio <laughs> helping at halftime and, and between games and, and looking forward to it, looking forward to, to watching some uh, really competitive lacrosse, some great coaches that have done a good job with their team. No doubt. And, and some real talented teams that are in the Final Four. Let, let me, let me uh, you know, approach it one way. If, if I created a pie chart for these four teams and said, give me percentage chance out of 100, and so it's all got to add to 100, that each of these four teams ends up winning the national championship, would would any of these teams have, say, a greater than 30% chance in your mind going into this weekend? You know, I, I think it's an interesting question, and you can look at, um, you know, how they performed in their last game, and clearly, you know, Virginia uh, performed at an extraordinarily high level. You know, I think Georgetown and Kevin Warren what an unbelievable job they did to get to that point. But, you know, it's a process to get to the Final Four, and you've got to, you know, get to, you know, round one and, you know, then get to round two. So it's a process, and clearly Virginia had been there before um, and really asserted himself. Um, so, you know, based off of the last game, it would be easy to say, well, Virginia. Right. Uh, that said, I, I, I think if I, I would, if I was to honestly break it down, 
I think it's as even uh, as you can be. You can make a case for each one of these four teams, um, how well they've been coached, you know, whatever adversities they've dealt with. You know, one team may have a greater depth of talent. Uh, The other team may have the most elite player or one of the top two or three elite players in the country. So I think you can make a case for each one of them to be, you know, a 25% of that pie. I mean, that's, it's essentially the way that I felt. Like, this is I, – I genuinely – I think coming into the tournament, we thought that, that Carolina was probably the, the team, but, as you know, they, they struggled against Rutgers last week, right? Like, I, I, I think all of these teams have some flaws. I think all of them are unbelievably good. I think you've probably got the four best teams in college lacrosse, and, and that creates the fun weekend. Let me, let, I, let me, let me approach it this way, Coach. The, if, if you're John Tillman, obviously you went up against him a, long, a number of times in recent years. Are you, are you maybe in a way happy that your team faced what they had to face against Notre Dame? You know, with all of the questions about what was going to happen, you know, having not faced non-conference opponents all season long and not facing any of these ACC caliber teams, do you think it might benefit them that they did get punched in the mouth that way and surrender a big lead and have to rally and have to answer the bell in a big spot is there a weird way in which that's beneficial for their team going into championship weekend? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting how how people and outsiders have approached this and the whole, uh, you know, Maryland thing and the Big Ten not playing outside competition. You know, I, 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 I certainly don't buy into it. Uh, I, I, they went into that game, and I'm wondering why so many people think Maryland has something to prove. Mm. Um I think they proved themselves week in and week out. They're undefeated. Uh, clearly, Rutgers, who they beat twice, is a pretty darn good team, as we saw in the, sure. in the Carolina Rutgers game. Um, you know, the Big Ten, I, I think, is a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. Uh, you know, because they played each other twice, they ate their own this year. And, you know, it was I- I- inevitable that people might think that. But Maryland has been in that position before, you know, this weekend against uh, against uh, Notre Dame. You know, they, 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 they've been down. Uh, they've led by a lot and surrendered a lead. They've been down in, uh, to Johns Hopkins in the last two minutes of the game and found a way uh, to win. You know, and I think this is a team that, you know, has shown tremendous toughness and resilience and maturity to just continue to find ways and to find different ways. Um, you know, it wasn't Jared Bernhardt that scored the game winner against Notre Dame. It was, you know, it was, uh, you know, Anthony DeMeo on a, yeah. on a little slip uh, screen or a give and go. Um, you know, I, I just think that team has shown tremendous maturity and the fact that people still think they have something to prove, uh, it, it, it baffles me. Is you bring up Bernhardt? There are a lot of great players going to be on the field this weekend. Is is he the best of the guys going to be out there this weekend? Well, you, you, you know, you're talking about the number one goal scorer in Division One lacrosse, I believe. He's 64 and 23, and you know, I'd like to know how many of those 64 are critical goals, meaning they came at just such important moments in a game, whether it's end of a quarter, end of a half end of a game, uh, you know, starts a run. Um, he's just such a dynamic talent, you know. And when, when I was at Hopkins, uh, Bill Dwan and I used to sit as we prepared for Maryland and say, gosh, 
we really hope this isn't the game that he really decides hmm. to be super aggressive because we always felt like there was, you know, another gear to his game. Hmm. And this year, you know, as a fifth-year guy, he has come back and he has asserted himself uh, in a different manner than I've seen in years past. And it's not that he hasn't been extraordinarily talented in years past or successful. It's just he's playing with a, with an edge, um, you know, and uh, um, with, a, with a passion and a, and a, a get-after-it kind of attitude um, that I've not quite seen before. Um, you know, hard to say, you know, that uh, is any one guy better than the other, but, you know, quite frankly, I think he may be the one guy that, you know, if you you got to give the ball to someone at the end of the game and say, all right, we need a goal, go get it. And he can either run by a number one defender, or if he does and draws a slide, he can find the open guy. You know, he might be the guy that I say I want on my team to do that, you know, especially in a big moment. His athleticism is just, you know, obviously everybody knows the football story. Like, it's his athleticism is just so it, – it's it's ridiculous, Coach. Just there are times where he does things, and you're like, wow, that that's it's one of one, right? Like, there's just – there's no – you know, I, I – I saw Matt Moore at Virginia do some incredible things. I've seen guys do, but he's just, it just seems like he's capable of doing things that other guys are not. Yeah, well, let's not take anything away from the guys like Moore and Sowers and Schellenberger. Yeah, uh, no doubt. You know, and a kid down at Carolina um, who's just been so balanced and tremendous. Um, you know, it's just that he's just been off the charts good. He's got such great straight-line speed. Um, but what I don't think people recognize is there's so much more to his game. He's a terrific off-ball player. I mean, if you watch the Notre Dame game, uh, they ran a little play to score a goal for Wisnowskis that we used to run at Hopkins. Bobby Benson put it oh, in. Yeah. But they use Bernhardt yep. as a decoy. He's a guy cutting in. as He's a guy that sets a screen. Yep. Um, and he's such a good off-ball player, and he does so many things well. That uh, you know, he, he's number one. Having coached against him, he's a challenge to prepare for. Um, but certainly, uh, from a spectator's point of view, this year, uh, you know, a, a, a joy to, to watch. I saw some folks on Twitter uh, reminding everybody that uh, that you guys had done that successfully, and and it was it was cool to see that, coach. Um, I, I assume because of your gig on ESPN, you can't like make a prediction for us. You can't like say, "Here's who I think is going to end up uh, 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 holding up a trophy on Monday." Well, even if I could, I think I'm smart enough not to. Uh, you know, you never know uh, what the future holds for me. That's, that's a good point. All right, that's fair. That's and I fair wouldn't want anything too. used against me. But what, what I will say is this. You know, each team is, is very different. Uh, and I look at Carolina and just how balanced they are and how their, you know, most important player um, is so balanced and, and can, can score goals with it or, or, or without and how unselfish they are in the offensive end. I look at Maryland and, uh, again, you know, that toughness, that resilience, that, you know, we're going to find a way to do it. I, you know, their attack obviously, uh, you know, rules the roost there. They're the top three scorers, yet their midfielders, I think, go a, a little underappreciated. Um, you know, you look at Duke and man, there's talent everywhere you look. And when you got a guy like Michael Sowers 
and his ability and his playmaking ability, and yet he's not dominating uh, time of possession with the ball. It just goes to speak to, to how much talent that they have. And then I look at Virginia, and they're really interesting. You know, I think Virginia, um, you know, they had 21 days off, and, you know, people kind of pointed to their game uh, in the first round and said, ah, you know, they're not playing well. Tough to be, have that length of layoff, um, you know, and then, you know, start back up and just hit stride. I, I think they they struggled through that. They got the win. They did what they needed to do, and now they're kind of hitting stride. But that's a team that had a chance to get healthy and get fresh. And, I, I you know, I think that will serve them well. So really interesting uh, matchups, and, uh, you know, I think will be interesting game plans to see how these defense game plan to handle some of these really high-powered offenses, offenses and some of these elite uh, attackmen. By the way, I have both a, a Hopkins fan and a Maryland fan who have checked in related to Bobby Benson, but I, the Mar- there's a Maryland fan in my life named uh, Chris who says, let Coach know he's not allowed to have him back wherever he goes. Just let, uh, <laughs> let Coach know. <laughs> well, I hope it happens that I am back, and I would love to have him back with me. Uh, I think John Tillman, made a great decision to bring him on. Uh, you know, he knows the Big Ten. Yep. He knows the coordinators. Um, you know, he's a talented coach, uh, a good human being. And, uh, you know, he's been in this position that they're in before. So, I, uh, you know, kudos to them for, for making that choice. At Coach Petro 43 is how you follow him on Twitter. And in studio uh, this weekend as you're watching Final Four coverage, it's, uh, it's ESPN 2, I believe on Saturday for the semifinals is where you'll be seeing the two games. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Hope you, your family, everybody. I mean, we know your boys are doing well, but hope everybody else is uh, safe and healthy. Congratulations again on the success of uh, the MIA championships, and thank you for doing this for us this morning. Well, thank you again for having me. Thanks for the kind words, and uh, always good to spend some time with you. Enjoy some great lacrosse this weekend. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Coach Petromala, Coach Dave Petromala, former uh, Johns Hopkins head coach. And, again, he'll be working the broadcast this weekend for uh, ESPN for the national semifinals on Saturday on ESPN2. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll go over that in a bit. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather 
weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but All right, Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Number one, would you rather the market for Julio Jones is a bit thicker than expected? The two Ravens, C's. What's, yeah, two, th- two C's, correct. Thick. Uh, the uh, they get him, but it costs them a first and a third. Or the Chiefs get him for a second. By the way. You know, I don't know. I've, I've already, I've already dealt with it on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Those of you that don't understand, how would you? This is not even like a bit. This is the problem. If it was a bit that we came up with on this show, I could understand. Like you just don't listen to the show. You, you should probably not be responding, but you just don't listen to the show. This is even dumber because it makes you realize. It makes you realize you've just never, un, you've never played Would You Rather, which is an eternal parlor game that has existed forever. It's somehow worse than Kyling it up, I think. I don't know. They're both pretty bad. Just answer the damn question. Anyway, go ahead. I don't know if you heard. I, just I expected answer, to just get a first. Just answer it. Just answer it! <laughs> we got to get the Patrick Stevens in a minute. We got things to do. Um, I would rather... It's a lot. It's too much. Okay. Let the Chiefs have them. Let the Chiefs have them. You know, they're good. Are they? Yeah, I don't know if you heard. They're, they're very good at, I don't know if that's true. at football. They've got but the, how much better could they really be, right? 
Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, mean, it's, it's just sort of, it's just, I get like it. I right? hear the like, argument. Right? I, like, I get this would make them better. Yeah, they'd definitely be better. There's I get no it, question but about like, that. Ultimately, I think that the offenses in this world can only be so good. If they're already on a 99, what's in a 100, you know? Um, I mean, I, I sort of understand what you're saying, but <laughs> like, I, I understand as I well. I would still say it's better. Uh, from Josh, uh, yeah, I think the Ravens will have to pay it. Jennifer agrees with that. Jesse says, too much for Jones, considering the system and scheme shoulders at least half the blame. Well, I don't know what that has to do with Julio Jones. Like, like he doesn't think he'll be giving up that much to be worth it for any receiver, maybe? I, I guess know. that might be the answer. Uh, Lou, I'd rather it be the Ravens. Um, ah, oh, no, this is Ryan. Ryan, sorry. Ryan, uh, the Ravens need to do what's best for the Ravens. You can't make decisions based on what another team might do. You have arguably the best receiving core you've had since the Super Bowl and three shutdown corners, so no, not paying that price for Julio Jones. Ian, the Chiefs can have him. The Ravens haven't even made it to the Chiefs yet. I'm tired of worrying about them. Well, I would, in fairness, I would think this would help you in closing the gap. I mean, that's just a gut. My gut tells me that. Uh, Paul, I'll admit, if it wasn't the Chiefs, I'd probably say no based on the cost. But we already helped them with Orlando Browns, so let's go all in to beat them and keep Julio away from them. Nick Kelly can't let the Chiefs have Julio. I'll give up the first and the third. Continue to get me your responses throughout the course of the morning as we're playing Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation, where right now... They are offering you 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down and make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to find out more. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. It's time for us. It's Wednesday, so it's time for us to chat with our college sports guru, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, Washington Post, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. He's our friend Patrick Stevens, and he joins us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. I imagine the uh, travels were safe this weekend, and, and you're uh, getting ready to head up to Hartford this weekend, right? Yeah, travel, travels were good. Uh, got, to, got to have a nice, uh, nice Italian meal the night, the night before the quarterfinals up at Hofstra. Had some good bagels while I was up there, and obviously saw one really good lacrosse game while I yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. The, o- the other one <laughs> was over pretty quick. Right. But, and then caught, obviously, the, the, the two games at Notre Dame on TV on Sunday, which were both fabulous games. Um, I, we just we just talked to Coach Petromal. If I could, I, I want to pause. We'll talk all about the Final Four. But first, what the, the idea of being a ransom leaving Maryland, how significant is it? And, and what should Maryland be looking for in their replacement for him on their staff? Well, well it feels like, like, doesn't it feel like like Bino has been there for fifty years? At it this really? Point? Well, I mean, he's he was there when Gary was there, right? He was there when Gary was there. I mean, you know, you know, and I, I don't say this in a bad way. You know, you hear about like somebody feeling like they're part of the furniture. Like you just kind of assume he was going to be there for for an extended period uh, of time, even beyond what was here. So, uh, you know, I, I imagine, you know, it's hard to not look at 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 a, at a move like that and and wonder, you know, what sort of perceived stability there is overall uh in college park which was yeah. obviously a big a big topic of conversation before mark turgeon's extension uh it wouldn't be shocking if he wound up with some more responsibilities uh at DePaul, uh and i don't know how far back he goes uh with stubblefield the new coach there uh i believe they were both in cincinnati at the same time okay he was at cincinnati 
and the year that Dino was at Xavier. I think that they, I think they were both there at the same time for a year. So I don't know how well they know each other. So, so there's probably a, a little bit of opportunity there. It may be a matter of money, uh, at the, and it may be just a matter of finding a new challenge. So, you know, if you're Maryland, obviously, uh, you know, Dino Ransom has been a really key figure. Uh, in recruiting over the last decade or so. It has yep. been especially key with, with the fact that he knows darn near everybody uh, in the city of Baltimore. That's a fact. So uh, I, I think clearly there's, there is a, a spot that, uh, you know, whoever, whoever steps into that is probably going to have a fair bit of recruiting responsibility. Uh, and it wouldn't shock me if this was uh, when you kind of look at what the makeup of the staff is now, where you have, you know, Danny Manning, head coached a couple spots, Matt Brady head coached a couple spots previously. If this is somebody who's a little bit younger, especially with uh, DeAndre Haynes moving on as well, you know, this, this kind of looks like a, a spot for somebody younger that, that's going to be a recruiting ace. At least those, those being sort of the initial responsibilities. Uh, I'm sure uh, Maryland would be happy to have a, a, a tactical whiz as well, but, but I think with Bino walking out the door, uh, the first thing you think about there is just yeah. how good a relationship builder he was and just how vital he was for all of Maryland's recruiting efforts over the last I, decade. I, I had someone who's a little plugged in say, not not they weren't telling me something, they were more saying, like, this this is the place where you could end up hiring a a guy that's really plugged in at the high school level, you know, like a guy mm-hmm. that, that type of that type of coach could end up being the guy. This isn't necessarily a – you know, go try to get Dwayne Simpkins because you like Dwayne Simpkins and he's an assist. Like this, this could be specifically about someone that needs to have those, as you point out, those relationships. Yeah, and when, when you think about what what how, what do you want to balance on your staff? Typically, right? You 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 want to balance recruiting. You want to balance X's and O's. You want to balance you know local ties, national ties, international ties, potentially depending on what school you are, uh, and so. When, when you think about it in, in those strict terms, uh, you know, you have two former head coaches on your staff already yep. right now. Yep. So you're, you're probably not going out there and saying, I, I need to go get uh, the guy who's going to draw up the best play for me, uh, you know, during a timeout. Uh, of course, if you're, if you're a head coach, you probably want to be doing that yourself anyway. Sure. Uh, but I, I think that whoever it is is probably going to be, uh, you know, regardless of their background, whether they're a current assistant, whether they have some ties to Maryland, whatever, um, you know, they're, they're probably going to have heavier player procure, player procurement roles uh, than just about anything at this point. All right, Patrick Stevens with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick, I'll give you the same question I just gave uh, Coach Petramala. We, uh, we're divvying up a pie chart with these four teams playing this weekend up in Hartford. Uh, so the numbers have to add up to uh, 100%, and you're doing percentage chance they lift a trophy on Monday. Does any team get more than 30%? I don't know if I'd go that far. And I, I, I was listening as he basically split it up into 25. Yep. Everybody gets a quarter. It, you know, there, there's a lot. It, I think so much of it almost depends on, you know, you know what, what the matchup is in the final at that point. You know, like uh, you look at Carolina – yeah, I feel like Carolina would match up really well for them against Duke, especially since they, they beat them the last time around. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, Virginia does though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you you flip it around, and you know, I, I think that Maryland Maryland's defense against Carolina that's kind of a fascinating possibility there. You know, Maryland with its short sticks that have been better this year than they have the last few. Uh, but do they deal as well with a Virginia team that likes to get out 
uh, and run even more, you know, and then you start getting into, you know, the riding game and, and how much, how valuable that is really for everybody in that field, except for Duke. Duke doesn't do it quite as much as, as the other three teams do. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I see it as it's not, it's not three complete coin flips here. Uh, but there, there's any possible outcome I think right now is, is reasonable. I, I don't expect to see blowouts this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and I, the second I say that, we'll see two blowouts on Saturday. <laughs> right, but right. but that, that's what I don't expect to see. I, I, I think that when you think about how the collection of talent has, has sort of centered on, you know, Maryland, the ACC teams, Rutgers, Denver, you know, we've seen the teams that you kind of expected rise to that level. And you think about all those teams that not only had four years worth of talent, but had valuable fifth-year guys as well, whether it's Aiken and, and Bertrand at Virginia, whether it's uh, Sowers and a number of other guys at Duke, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, you look at the midfield line for Carolina and, you know, Bernhardt and Grill at Maryland. There's just so many of those older guys that you expected to kind of help carry a team, and they sure enough have. Uh, and, and so I, I kind of expect it to be, you know, a borderline, uh, borderline pro type of thing. You know, you got, you got older guys on all these teams, uh, and I think all, all these teams are, are well-equipped to, you know, win two more games this weekend. Uh, and the fact, I will say one thing, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, Maryland's the one team out of this bunch that's played two reasonably decent teams in a, a two-games-in-three-days scenario. Hmm. Uh, you know, Duke's Duke's done the weekend thing a couple times earlier in the season, and I think Virginia went Duke Utah uh, at one point earlier in the year, but there wasn't an ACC tournament this season. Right. So, you know, I think I think Maryland maybe has a little bit of an edge on that front, having done the turnaround already. You know, like I said, Duke did it a couple times, but I, I don't know if that combination was quite as imposing uh, as what they're facing now. I know they did it Denver and Robert Morris in the first weekend of the season, which isn't bad by any stretch, but I don't know if that's still the same as Maryland plus Virginia or Carolina. You brought up Bernhardt. Has he already clinched the Tawaraton at this point? You know, if, this, if you were asking me five years ago, and at that point I feel like the, the award voting, that award voting was so much based on, well, who is the best player on the best team or right. who, who got the furthest in the tournament. And it, it's, I think it's moved more, and I think the Thompsons kind of did this, uh, kind of moved it more towards well, who's legitimately the best player, with the possibility of maybe doing like a lifetime achievement award type of thing, like the Pat Spencer uh, year. Like what? Like the Pat Spencer year. Right? Like the Pat yeah. Spencer year a little bit. I, I think that was the case there. You know, I think it was pretty easy the Ben Reeves year with Yale winning the title uh, and, and him going ahead and, and, and collecting the hardware that season. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think that just the the sheer dominance. Uh, of Bernhardt. And amazingly, you know, you think about it, like Bernhardt is number one in, in points in, in Maryland history. You know, Logan Wisnowskis is fifth. That's remarkable. And, like, that really you know, is you remarkable. Had, you had the second guy that, that's got 60 points and, and people don't pay nearly as much attention to him. That's how good Bernhardt's been. Is that, is that you know, even though people at Maryland realize how good a Wisnowskis is, he's overshadowed even a guy that's probably one of the top ten attackmen in the country that's, that's playing with him. So, uh, you know, I, I think that I think when you look at that, I, I, given that there hasn't been an off day for Bernhardt all season, uh, I think it would require a pretty substantial showing from either a Sowers at Duke or or Chris Gray at Carolina 
to be able to overcome them. I mean, if if Virginia wins a title or if Maryland wins a title, I think we can safely say that it's going to be Bernhardt's award. If it's one of the other two teams, I, I think those guys have a There's shot. A chance, but they're going to sure. have to be really good this week. Sure, I get that. By the way, you know, they, they brought it up on the uh, on the ESPN broadcast the other day. It's something I just hadn't thought about. You know, and obviously it doesn't matter, but like where Bernhardt is amongst the all-time greats at the University of Maryland, right? And you think about the Ursos, and you think about Matt Rambo in more recent years, but like I, there, there is a conversation that I guess can be had about that where where he is amongst the greatest players in Maryland history. There certainly is. I mean, and and you, you're probably going to factor a couple things into account here, whether it's you know, you know, do you discount like the the partial fourth season in there while trying to look at the numbers uh, and you think about shorter schedules further back. I mean, I think ultimately when we think about great players at Maryland, Frank Urso is probably still, uh, if not at the top of the list, then really, really close, but you're going to include Matt Rambo. You're going to include Joe Walters. Yep. Uh, and you're going to really, I mean, you think back to the long line of both goalies and defensemen, you know, they're going to be in the conversation too, but in terms of dominant figures, I mean, Bern, Bernhardt's up there. If we're sitting here making making a a Maryland Mount Rushmore, uh, you know, I think uh, I think Bernhardt definitely finds himself uh, in that top four at this point. Uh, Patrick, anything else that should be on our radar going into this week? And other than you know, these are re- four really good teams, and and we expect really good lacrosse over the course of three days. I'll mention two stats that I tweeted okay. out yesterday that I find I find fascinating about this Final Four. One, oh, the, the Virginia-Carolina thing was unbelievably fascinating. The Virginia-North Carolina have not been in the same Final Four together since 1986. That's so weird. Uh, and and Virginia's been in, in like 16 Final Fours in that span. Carolina's been in seven. So one of them has usually been really, really good. But they haven't both been this good at the same time for a long, long while. And, and you know, you think about it, like the, those two programs have tended to go fishing in the same recruiting waters. Uh, you know, they're, they, you know, they're both, you know, public Ivy type types, you know, um, similar schools, similar profiles, college towns that you think of as college towns, like and, and up-tempo uh, kind of flashy lacrosse over the years. Uh, so, there, there's some parallels there, so it's really interesting to me that they're both good at the same time when that really hasn't happened a ton. They've both been good, but not necessarily really good, like national championship games. And the other one is, this is Maryland's eighth trip to the Final Four under John Tillman, and in all eight games, they all eight trips, they've played in the late game in the semifinals, and you know, I'm sure a coach would like a, a couple extra hours sure. to get a little extra rest uh, if they happen to make it into the title game. Uh, and, and I, I think that's uh, that's one of the things that stands out. You know, you go back. I think it's '07 was the number I had. I think the the team that wins the first semifinal is 13 and two or, or something along those lines. Wow. So you know, like that. There, the results and 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 TV dictates this. So sometimes the top seed plays early. Sometimes the top seed plays late. All three times, Maryland was the number one seed in uh, 16, 17, 18. I think it was. Uh, they were they were playing the late game. Uh, so they were one of the teams that, that managed to win a title despite playing the late game. The other one was 2010 Duke, which needed overtime wow. uh, to beat Notre Dame. So you know that's something I think uh, you know if you want to if you want to just tuck that away uh, for getting ready for Monday. Uh, there there is historically, at least in recent history, a little bit of a well, maybe a little bit of a sounds like a significant there. advantage. It doesn't sound like a little bit of an advantage. It sounds like the numbers would say it's a significant advantage. 
to the team that plays in the first game. That is fascinating. I was not aware of that. That is, re And obviously, I think, you know, the, the second game, typically they tend to try to put, you know, like a more prominent, you know, uh, whatever. And maybe it's their way of saying Maryland is sort of like the, the prominent, the team that's going to get us the most eyeballs. Of, yeah, and, of, and, and the, I think the logic behind it is, is if you have the prominent teams play early, maybe people tune out and just turn the TV off at 2.30 right. in the afternoon. Right. If you have the prominent team playing late, maybe somebody tunes in early to watch the last you know, quarter, quarter and a half of the first game or something like yep. that. Yep, and they end up sticking around, no doubt. Well, that is that is fascinating, and we will, uh, we will pay attention. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? My five-team guy is actually a significant five-team guy. Admittedly, it's still an active player, and I, I, didn't, I hadn't done the math that he had reached five teams. Um, but he's a former MVP. He's a three-time All-Star. And I was just watching him play baseball this week. He's Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, huh? Okay. Well, I can, I can get you four of them, I think, pretty quick. Oakland, mm -hmm. Toronto, mm -hmm. Atlanta. Yep. And Minnesota. Of course, is where he is right now. I had forgotten as well about a 16-game cameo he made in 2018 somewhere. He made a cameo in – oh, right, he was in Cleveland. That's the he? one. I had utterly forgotten about it. I had utterly forgotten that he made a that would have quick – I guessed. Yep, a quick little cameo in Cleveland for 16 games. I would not have gotten that if you hadn't given me, like, a, a time frame there. Okay, so. fair enough, fair enough. And I, I had forgotten about it entirely. Uh, the other one I'll give you, the four-team guy. This is a two-time Cy Young winner, a three-time – remarkable that he was a two-time Cy Young winner, and in neither season that he won the Cy Young was he an all-star. Just a, a weird, quirky thing, the way that this worked out. But four teams for the great Brett Saberhagen. Brett Saberhagen was in Kansas City. Yep. And he was a mess. Obviously, those are the prominent ones. You've knocked out 12 of his 17 years. He's in Boston, right? He was in Boston for four years. And then he made, again, a cameo appearance in 1995. Am I thinking he was in the – was he in Colorado? That's the one. That's a nine-for-nine nine day today for Patrick Stevens for those scoring at home. Nine-for-nine nine day. Uh, you'll be up in Hartford this weekend, obviously, uh, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. And we'll, we'll do one more of these next week to uh, sort of wrap up the season, all right? It's Sounds great. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate, my, appreciate you, my friend. Easy for me to say. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you then. Awesome. Take care, Glenn. Thanks, sir. Patrick Stevens joining us this morning here on GCR. Always appreciate him doing that. That's a hell of a number, 13-2 and two for the, the, the first semifinal winner on uh, Championship Monday. I get it. it. You know, obviously it's an advantage of a couple hours, but it's not like you're playing the next day. It would seem as though sure. it wouldn't be quite as significant an advantage, but that is that is noteworthy for sure. All right. Uh, don't forget Tucker Fest coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Tucker Fest celebrating, of course, one Justin Tucker, and you get the opportunity to get your pictures and autographs with Justin Tucker. You can get your tickets right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. It's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. They're $50, but that's because we're raising the money for the Brigance Brigade and their fight against ALS, a charity that I'd like to think those of us locally would be inclined to want to support and you get to meet, get your pictures and autographs with Justin Tucker in the process. On top of that, it is a, fam a free family fun event. So the event itself, there's no price for you to attend. You got to uh, 
you know, get the ticket for $50 in order to meet and get your pictures and autographs of Justin Tucker. But the event itself, completely free, with food trucks, live music all day from Joey Harcum and Dave Teeth, as well as the Cornhole Tournament. Jeremy Kahn's going to be in the dunk tank. We're going to have a live broadcast. It's just going to be an awesome day of celebration. June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Again, get your tickets right now by going to greateightsmemorabilia.com, the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com. Drew Forrester joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ. Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We will get them up. Uh, we will retweet them if they're at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will pick a winner tomorrow morning for the $25 gift card for Glory Days Grill. Today's program also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. We are in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. What what are you what are you giggling about? He's, I think he's doing a bit where he's uh, looking particularly uh, exacerbated on the Zoom chat because he's waiting. Is that the bit? Is that is he doing the Feinstein thing? Like be. like uh, you don't make me wait for more than thirty seconds. Is that is that be. the bit you're doing? Eleven o'clock. Yeah, chief. No offense. If you can't do it, it's fine. We'll be all right. If if you got somewhere, where do you got to be? Where do you, what do you have going I'm on like, today? I'm just saying, eleven o'clock. By the way, I, I thought after I thought after a couple of weeks, you're going to go back to doing Tuesdays. What happened to that? Uh, we can do that. Okay, all right. We'll go back. We'll go back to that. Well, I mean, we can do it, but I I got to work it out. What what does that mean? You got to work it out. What is? I, I've got to work out a oh, suitable location to do it. That's all. Oh, are you are you still, still are you still in church on Tuesdays? Yeah. Is that your thing? Church, the right. outreach office is still open on. Right. Can on we go? Tuesday. Can we go shopping next week? Can we do that? I need help. I need all the help. Well, I I've get. got two hundred fifty bucks for you. Okay. So, do you want to go shopping next week? Yes. Okay, we'll do it. We'll make that. We'll make that happen. What's going on with you? What's what's Look happening? For, we, we could go shopping for some pictures. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm, I. Oh boy. We we can't be I any mean, worse. I know that much. This is this is getting bad, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it, it, it barely even registers with me, Drew. And I actually watch. That's the funny part. I watch, and it still barely registers with me. I like. I'm just so accepting of these. This is what you were going to get. You didn't put a major league team together. You know, this is this is what this was gonna be. I, I can't. It's just hard for me to get somebody. There's been but almost. You, did, yeah. Did you think it was gonna spiral out of control on May the twentieth? Um, I didn't. I never thought they were going to continue to flirt with 500. I never thought that was the case. I no, never... but at the beginning of the season, I assumed the pitching would be okay for 60 or 70 games. Then it would start to, you know, fizzle out yeah, a little. I, I didn't think that. It, it's fizzled out after 35 games. Yeah, I, I really never. I never. I, I mean, I, I, honest to God, thought this was the story of the season, which was that their their bats would be okay. That's know, what I thought. That they would be okay, but the pitching right. was so horrendous that it wouldn't matter and in fact i actually thought that was the best case scenario which was who cares that the pitching does isn't any good these guys aren't part of this like who cares that matt harvey is getting lit up matt harvey's not really an oriole he's a guy wearing an orioles uniform this season because somebody is far more concerning to me yeah i mean in context sure i just i don't know i didn't have that high of hopes for kramer either really um, well, know. I mean, they did acquire him in a deal that should have netted them 
several quality performers. Well, I, I get that's one of the biggest problems facing the Orioles right now is that the Manny Machado trade has proven to got, get them nothing. I mean, they've they've gotten absolutely nothing in the Manny Machado trade, and that really is a statement about how they went about handling that situation. Right. And, sure. You know, instead of instead of doing it at a time where they could have gotten a lot from Manny Machado, they waited and. They took whatever they could get at the point which they had to trade him. I mean, this is right. that's not how you make trades. But I, I don't know. I, I I get that we have to talk about it because they're the baseball team and there's nothing else going on locally. And you know, I, I understand that. But like, geez, man, I this is what it is. I and I'm disappointed in Tanner Scott. Right? Like, I'm bummed that Tanner Scott. He was a guy that I thought was going to be better than this. I don't know that I thought Dean Kramer was going to be better than this. I thought it would have been neat if he was, but I don't know that I thought he was going to be better than this. Um, Tanner Scott, I definitely thought was going to be better than this, but you know, it's a relief arm. Like I, but he Tanner Scott hasn't been that bad until the last two or three outings. No, he was no, he wasn't as bad. Sure, that's yeah. a, he wasn't as bad, but right, I, you know, I, I mean, they've definitely figured Valdez out. That that I mean, yeah, that ship has sailed. Yes, he won't be here. He'll correct. be gone July fifteenth. Yeah, correct. Well, it might even not take. I don't know. I, I don't know. You say that some somebody's got a pitch. Like oh, somebody's right, got to right, be right. in the bullpen. Sure. That's sort of the problem with all this. Is I like when you would go through something like this. Typically, you'd say, "Well, have somebody else go do it." And then, and then they tried that at second base. They were like, "Well, Rio Ruiz stinks. We got to let somebody else go do it." But right. did you think Stevie Wilkerson was going to be better? Yeah, maybe. Like, well, he is actually. Uh, yeah. Maybe, like, with the standard being Just the bar is the bar, right? right. Like, if, if the standard is a guy that can't hit 150, like, sure. I mean, I guess he can be better than that. But he's not solving anything. He's not good. Like, this is what they've got. They are. They are. They, the, the, their players aren't going to be here for years still. Um, it's depressing. It sucks, but it's just sort of the reality of the situation. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yep. Yep. No, it's no. You're right. That's that's just where we are. That's just where we are. Seventeen to thirty-one in route to fifty-three and are you are you still? I remember we did this a couple years ago, and you were like, "I'm watching every night because I think there could be another thirty to three coming." Oh yeah, I'm still watching. I, I, the other night when they were losing, winning four nothing, um, or five nothing, whatever it was, I'm like, "Ah, eh, this will be fun." How are they going to lose this one, fifteen to ten? <laughs> and they and they wound up losing twelve nine. Yeah, it was, it was close. close. It was awfully close. You're not wrong about that. It yeah, I think close. there's definitely. I, I mean, they could get no hit for sure. I think they definitely could. There, I'm. I'll even go as far as to say, in the month of June, they'll give up twenty runs in a game. Oh sure. Oh man, yeah. it, it might happen this weekend. <laughs> They're going to lose twenty-two to six at one point. The White Sox are capable of it. Well, that's why Wilkerson's up, right? <laughs> right, because he's going to comes up and, and pitches. <laughs> he already pitched once so far. He's already been able to pitch once. All right, so um, I get the Phil Mickelson was neat thing was neat for the people. Like if you if you were watching the PGA Championship this I weekend, cried. did you? That's yeah. oh, that was unrelated though. Um, it was certainly neat. Does it? Does it matter beyond it was a neat weekend and a neat story? Obviously, him winning the U.S. Open would be an actual big deal. Like, is is he a threat now to win more of these at 50 and, and you got to pay attention? Is there anything beyond, hey, it was a fun way to spend a weekend watching golf? Um, Yeah, he could win more, uh, actually. I think, you know, he's... He, there aren't many guys, and he is one of them, other than the fact that he's never won the, the U.S. Open, but he's certainly played the, he's played the tournament well, and he's played 
a lot of the venues where they've had the tournament, he's played him well. He's played very well at Pebble Beach. It's weird that he hasn't won at Pebble Beach in the U.S. Open because he's played that venue very well. Um, funny enough, he hasn't always played Torrey Pines that well. But, um, he, you know, he's one of the rare guys who has, uh, to borrow the tennis term, who can win on any surface. And there aren't many of those guys. Mm-hmm. He, he could still definitely win again at Augusta. Um, you know, if he got the white, the right weather draw at um, the British Open, I could see him hanging around there. Um, he definitely knows how to play the ball low now. He didn't at the early in the early parts of his career. Um, I, I, funny enough, if you would have said to me, what's the one he probably can't win, I probably would have said the PGA because they set the golf course up so hard and so long that guys of his ilk just can't. Well, except compete. that he's become that but, guy. Right. <laughs> but but he was hitting 350 and 60-yard drives. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it, that it could lead to some sort of, you know, distinctly odd career renaissance where he wins the Masters next April and, and the British Open in 2023 and he finishes with, you know, seven instead of – or eight instead of six. But – but you get what I'm saying. Like, if, if that happens, it's a neat story, but it's not really changing anything about Phil. Like, Phil Mickelson... Uh, no, this uh, definitely has changed his legacy. How? Oh, in a may no pun intended, in a major way. Why? Why does it change his legacy? Because no one's ever done it before. Okay, and, it, and, okay. and not only that no one's ever done it before, but where he did it, the venue that he did it on, who he beat, um, I, I, I do think it's looked at a little differently. You know, if he would have beat... Keegan Bradley in the last round, it would have still been celebrated the way it was. But beating Kepka basically head to head like that. Yeah, I mean, I, right, I hear you. That was that, that ad definitely adds a feather. But, but that's really going to change the way that people talk about Phil Mickelson ten yes. years from now. Oh, one hundred percent. This is a legacy changing moment for him. One hundred percent. I would hear you if it was the U.S. Open, right? No, nope, like, nope, you're wrong. I, you're boy. dead wrong. This is a legacy-changing moment for him. He, he's done something that Jack never did, Trevino never did, Faldo never did, Tiger's never going to do, Seve never did. Um, you know, you can rattle off the, what whatever your list of the 10 greatest golfers might be. Phil's done something none of them have ever done. But what does that mean? And, and I don't mean that. I'm not it trying to be... It speaks to his ability to recreate himself as a golfer. It speaks to his ability to... Um, it you know to completely fly in the face of the theory that it's a young man's game um, speaks totally totally to his ability to kind of adapt to the changing times in golf um, some guys have tried to do it and haven't been able to do it I think Rory is a really good example of that has not really been able to you know to kind of morph into the the next generation of golfer Um and it just it it dramatically changes the way he's going to be looked at as a as a arguably as a top ten player in the history of the game. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and, and if he were to win the U.S. Open, obviously. Well, I mean, it, I, that that it, changes it every. But here's the right. funny thing: five guys have won the career Grand Slam. Yeah. No one's ever won a major over fifty. Okay, I just feel like that's. I'm e- just saying, but like, it's easier to dismiss he, one as an anomaly, right? If Tom Watson had won and had made that putt years ago, 
it doesn't suddenly make him the best golfer of all time. No, no, no. You know I don't I mean? think like, it makes. I'm not even suggesting that it makes Phil's. I'm not suggesting that it makes Phil the better than Tiger by any means. It, but it adds to his legacy in a and, and, huge and I, way. I, I get that. I just it's tough for me. I, I, and I can only compare it to tennis, right? Like, when we have this conversation and the Pete Sampras fans want Pete Sampras to matter, the conversation immediately gets shut down because you, you can't be that. You could never be the greatest player of all time having never won the French Open. It's just you can't do that. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter how good you were in other situations. You can't be that guy without having ever won the French Open. It, it, it's, it's, it's irrelevant to the conversation. I, I, it, I just struggle with that. And maybe you say it's just not it's not related that there's just no comparison because as you say it's not you know different surfaces it's irrelevant I don't know it's just difficult for me because that seems to be so glaring that how could these other things matter more than having not won a U.S. Open? Well, I think I do think it also would be different if he had never played particularly well in that event. Um, Trevino, I'd have to look back and see. I, I, I and I can do it real quick just for kicks and giggles. I don't think Trevino, if he had a top five at Augusta, it he, if he did, he might have only had one. Um, but, you know, that was clearly the one event that he could never right. he, he could never win. And by his admission, hated the golf course, didn't really like what it stood for. Didn't, there was a bunch of, you know, I mean, he won 29 tour events. He was a great player. He won six majors. I think I like Lee Trevino more now. I think I've changed my mind. I might be a Lee Trevino guy. Never won the P. Never won the the Masters. So here's his record in the Masters: T40, T19, T33, T43, T10, T28, T14, T12, T26, cut, T38. I'm looking for anything in the top ten. His best finish was tied tied for ten twice. Tied for ten. Right. So that is much, much different. You know, he never really had a chance to win the Masters ever, and it just wasn't the golf course for him. He didn't hit the ball high enough. There were a lot of factors around why it wasn't a good fit for him. Phil has played the U.S. Open as well or better than anyone in its history but has failed to win it. So, I mean, is it going to be a ding against him when it's all said and done? I don't know if it's going to be a ding against him. He's just going to be a guy that came really close. It's the same way if Spieth doesn't win the PGA. Like, but they're talking about two different players. Does Spieth's right. won 15 times and Phil's won 45 times? But um, I wouldn't be complete. I mean, now I'm saying this now, having never even considered him last week. But I would not be surprised to see him play well. Tory Pines. That's, that would be significant. I mean, that would be unbelievably significant yeah. if that ends up being the case. Uh, and of course, Lee Trevino makes up for all of that because he was uh, he was great in Happy Gilmore. So uh, he was outstanding. He was absolutely dynamite. So that makes up for having not won a Masters. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com is with us. Where are you at with the continued lingering Julio Jones stuff? I mean, who? How are they getting him? Who are they giving up? What? Are they, how? How are they getting him? Forget the fact he's 33, 32, 33, he's 32. and he's going to make. Whatever, fifteen, 15 million. Or well, whatever. I mean, you would presume that if they're doing it, he's going to work with them a little bit there. Right, but what do you have to get to? What do you well, have to give that's, up? That's why the conversation is relevant because every report is suggesting it's not nearly what you would think you would have to give up to get a Julio Jones. That the yeah, Falcons... I mean, if it's like what they got Bolden for, I mean, sure. I said this before. Like, 
if you got to give up a third round pick and a fifth round pick, you know, sure. it, it, what if it's a second? I, I don't know. I don't know how I, I, I don't know how you parse through the what if it's a second? What if it's a third? Like, I, I, I guess I would just start it off by saying I'm not giving up a first round pick for it. Yeah, I get that. I'm but, just not. By the way, I said and, I said before the draft. If it was the thirty-first to get it done, I just would have done it. Like if that was just a look, we you know, there's the markets out there. A bunch of second-round picks are on the table. You want to get this done? You give up thirty-one. I just would have done it. I just would have said fine. I'll give up thirty-one. But the height, the not knowing that you could be trading away a you know a top fifteen pick potentially next year if you know, God forbid, your quarterback gets hurt. There's no way I would do that. I would now not. There's no world in which I give up a first-round pick next year for Julio Jones. I, I would agree with that. I, I, I probably would say if the deal was favorable cap wise, maybe I'd give up a second rounder for him, but I'd be more comfortable with something a little less damaging draft wise. Um, but I'm also the mindset too. I, I, I still think given the nature of their offense, they, they really need, a, they really need somebody to chase the quarterback more than they need a wide receiver at this point. I, and I hear you, but I just don't, yeah. Is Melvin Ingram that guy? Like I the problem being that those guys just don't seem to be available. They were the I Ravens. Thought he went to Miami. Is he still oh, did, Ingram, did Ingram end up signing? I know he went down for a visit. I didn't know if he'd signed he signed or not. He might have signed. So then then it's then Justin Houston, insert name, you know, it's an even thinner group at this point. It's Justin right. Houston or nothing now. Right. Um like is you really think that's the answer? I, I Well, I mean, it's not it, it's the answer until it's no longer the answer, meaning if you could still get him he has not nope. signed. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think Ingram had signed yet. He, I mean, oh, okay. he visited. I do, did know that, but he's not signed. Gotcha. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I just – I think they've made their move with Watkins. They've got Brown. They've drafted a couple last year. They, I don't think – I don't think they're decimated. Oh, I, I, right. I am not of the, uh, let me say that. I, first of all, I don't think they're going to do it, right? Because it's just, it's still largely unlike the Ravens, right? You know, you can, right. you can point out some comparisons, but it's still more unlike them than it is like them to do something like this. And there's other teams involved, and this is still Julio Jones that we're talking about. And if the market really is thinning out, I would think that would create some competition at that point. Like if, if right. you're really looking around and saying, it's not a first-round pick, and you're still going to make the trade. I would think that there would be a few more teams that would be involved, and you know that would hurt them in that process. So I would bet that it doesn't happen, and nor do I think it, you have to get Julio Jones for this team to have a chance at winning the Super Bowl next season. I think they'll have a chance whether or not they have Julio Jones. I don't, think, that it, I don't think you're getting Julio Jones guarantees that you're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Right. I don't think it guarantees that you're going to go to the Super Bowl next year. Um, but I still think that this is an opportunity, and it appears to be a really unique fit. It appears to be a guy who is more inclined at this point in his career to take on this role and to be somewhere than all the wide receivers you were trying to sign in free agency. And by all accounts, he was happy to be a mentor to Calvin Ridley in Atlanta. That it just what, what has he done? You know. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it just appears to be a really unique circumstance where this could prove to be the right guy to give yourself a better chance at a price that doesn't appear as though it's going to set you back for a long time. And because of that, I can't shake it as being a move that's worth making at this point. Okay. I mean, 
I'm all for adding better football players as long as, you know, again, as long as the price is right. What's the famous phrase I gave Ozzy once? Right player, right price. Oh yeah, that was that was brilliant on your part, frankly. I mean, I can't, you know, did, did, how much money did you make trademarking that? I, I did uh, one of those uh, NFTs. Ah, smart! You were way ahead of the curve, really. A little too really ahead of the curve, maybe. Did we, ever, did we ever figure out if we can sell the the Joe Flacco's the best? Do we ever figure I don't know out? What I heard, I heard the NFT market's cooling a bit. But I heard the you um, say that. I heard there was like a, a meme that went for seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yesterday. Charlie bit my thumb. Went yeah. for seven hundred grand. It went for well, seven hundred thousand dollars. Charlie bit my finger. I'm not trying to get seven hundred thousand dollars. But I don't I, understand. Here's what I don't understand about that. Uh, did someone actually have to give away seven hundred thousand dollars in cash? Well, that's how that would work. I would imagine. I mean, or what did you? What did you? I mean, did but where's give, the money go? Well, to who? Whoever sold it. That's where the, the money go? This when you is buy the conversation online, we you know? had about this. I this is what so if somebody else could step in. What if like you know uh, Till stepped in and said, "I'm gonna sell uh, uh, Joe Flacco, saying he's uh, the best quarterback in football." I, I can I stop him? Like, what do I do in that situation? This but who's is who's he selling it to? Whoever wants to buy it, some Joe Flacco fan out there. I don't know who wanted to spend seven hundred thousand dollars on this stupid meme, but they bought it. Probably so a bit wide of a market. I, Kyle, nobody is. You're I doing, think we should you, go for eight hundred. You think this is shtick? I'm saying if there's somebody out there that wants to give us a grand, I don't have a grand currently from Joe Flacco saying he's the best quarterback in football. Why wouldn't well, I, I take a thousand dollars? I got twelve thousand for it already. Oh, damn it! <laughs> yeah, this is what happened. I ended up talking about it, and Drew went behind. My, but can I sell it too? No. Why do you get exclusive exclusivity over this? Because I, I'm, I'm the one that. That took it off the no, internet. And so. Nobody has been able to answer this question for me. Like, no one, and, and it's just dumb guys like you that don't want to spend any thought on this. Like, I'll just do shtick instead. Like, I would like to know. I don't, I don't know. I, just don't know. I would like to know the details as to whether or not Drew and I can sell, or frankly, I'll kick Drew out. He didn't well, ask, I asked the you, question. You should ask people who know. I'm hoping that somebody listening might know. Believe it or not, it ain't just you. I know some days it feels that way. I would like to think I don't know the answer. Somebody would be able to tell me something about whether or not we can sell Joe Flacco saying he's the best quarterback in football, which got all of the run leading up to the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Can I sell that as an NFT? If I can, I'll do it in a heartbeat. The Joe Trezza, and I'm not this is not a knock on Joe Trezza. Joe Trezza is the Orioles writer for MLB.com. Yes. He was not in Seattle when John Means threw a, a no-hitter a couple weeks ago yes. because the beat writers are not really fully back on the road yet. I think they're starting to be now, but they were not back on the road yet at that okay. point. He was sitting at home watching the game the way that we all were. He scored it. He had a score sheet out. He scored it. He's selling his score sheet from the no-hitter as an NFT. It's like six steps removed from John Means No Hair. Well, he's selling it, but did it it's, sell? I, oh, I think it had bids already. Like it so already had. What's he selling? For? I don't yeah. know how much. It, I have no idea what the bids. And bid, why are you doing it as what? an NFT and not just the score sheet? Because he wants the score sheet. And why would you sell the score sheet if you can just sell the if you can just sell an idea? Why wouldn't you sell the idea instead of this selling the terrible. tangible thing? This yeah, is I awful. I just don't see why people buy it. I cut. I know that. I'm, this is separate from what we're I'm. Doing I understand. This whole, we're doing this whole thing. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It's a thing that's happening. I'm and aware. If it's happening. Like I kind why of. Under... I try to get involved with it. Well, you didn't have success selling that lace panty picture. Well, that was a different thing, and I stand by the fact that it was artistically done. <laughs> this is a different. Let me see what the the bid is for Joe Trezza's uh, score sheet. 
I'm giving three dollars for it. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Why would <laughs> so you give up three dollars for that? I don't understand so I that at all. I can't find it now. I gotta find it. I'll tell you what it was. Well, I'll give him three dollars. I don't think I don't. Well, I'll tell him you said that. I don't think he's gonna take your three dollars. <laughs> okay. I think he can do better than that, and I think he is because I think we don't understand that this is a real thing that's really happening, and we should I just be don't involved get why with it. They want to have it. I don't get it either. But I don't get BronyCon, and a lot of people are making a lot of money off of dudes dressed up as My Little Pony. If all we do is what we get, we are really thinning the market. That's a little different, isn't it? It's an event. How? It's an event. I don't know what to say. I just feel it. like if you buy an audio of Glenn talking to Joe Flacco, what are you going to like? put a little play button in your living room and be like... You're not buying the audio. You're buying the idea of the audio. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it either. I un- hey, who's the lacrosse playoffs? <laughs> we talked a lot of lacrosse today already. Yeah, to be we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> who is it? Maryland and who? Maryland and Duke on, uh, on Sunday. Oh. I know one thing. I know who I'm rooting for. They're not losing to Duke. <laughs> After the way they fluked their way past Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and anything else on your mind? Oh, uh, you can play Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll have you do that. We're playing Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Um, I'll give you – you know what? We were talking to Orioles earlier, so I'll give you that one. Would you rather – Oh, have you seen? Uh, it requires you having seen the hat. It requires you being aware of what's going on in the internet. Have you seen the the, the god awful hats that are floating around? The Orioles hats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You've seen them with all the b- bizarre random logos all over yeah. them. They just look like like complete crap. No, they're terrible. Would you rather the Orioles break the record for the longest losing streak ever, just twenty six games, okay, and set a new record for the most losses in a season, and yeah. One of their top three prospects suffers a significant injury this year. Okay. Or you can prevent all of that by wearing that god-awful new hat everywhere you go every day for the next year. Oh, I would take the hat. I like hats. What do you mean you like? I like hats, too. Yeah, I like it. It's I don't simple. like that hat. Well, dude, the one you're wearing ain't, ain't no great shape. This is, but this is my, no, first of all, you're wrong about that. This is just sort of everywhere I go, I get insane compliments about this hat because most people like Spider-Man. Most people aren't 80-year-old men. Um, but, two, it's for my six-year-old. So I, don't, I wouldn't care. If my six-year-old uh, cared deeply about the, the stupid Orioles hat, I might do that, too. And look, it's a little bit different. He's got sunglasses on, on also. Yeah. I cool. would wear the hat. I would never want my team to have a 26-game losing streak. Didn't you just say earlier something about uh, you were rooting for them I, to lose 30-3 to or something? I would that. wear the hat. That, that, that's interesting. Oh, okay. I would wear the hat, but only because of the prospect part. Correct. 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 Yes, the other parts I don't. I don't care. They break. You don't want anybody to get hurt. Frankly, I, actually, I would almost. I, I kind of like your secure. I get it would be a, 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 a an anonymous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Ignominious. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. A yeah. Bad look. Right. They wouldn't look great being the worst team ever. Right. It wouldn't be an ideal thing to have. No, but on they were. Your... They were basically that a couple of years ago. Yeah. We've already forgotten and like, about it. We're talking about the idea that we want them to get the number one overall pick. Well, mission accomplished. Right, like this is kind of what we'd asked for to an extent, sort not of, to the extent right, of a twenty-six game right, losing streak and all of. that. But hey, this is a little bit what you signed up for. Sort of. But um, the prospect getting hurt isn't really where the line is drawn. Yep, that's the one. That's the reason why I threw it in, Kyle. That's the reason why I included it. Still, I I could not wear that hat. I could not do it. Well, you're still gonna. You're still gonna. Do let the prospect it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I, I can't do that. that. And I'm a hat guy, and I can't do that. What's uh, going on at Drew's Morning Dish? Covering a baseball team, man. You know, right about the baseball the team. Baseball team. <laughs> You're going on the road now, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Hockey's over. Start selling uh, your scorecards as NFTs. Hockey's over. Wizards are about to be done. You know, we're just hanging on to baseball, baby. 
I mean, hockey's not over. They're still playing. Well, but, but it's over for me. Oh, because you're a Capitals fan. I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, at It's a Hooded for on Twitter, DrewsMorningDish.com. You know, the Belmont's next week, so we got that going I, for us. I can't wait. Yeah, there's that. All right, bud. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, kids. Have a, have a safe Memorial Day. Drew, Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. But I, I don't know. I don't know either, guys. We keep doing it. We just, we just keep doing it. That's the way it is. Um, other responses that have come in on Would You Rather Wednesday for the hat one from uh, Josh. I'll wear the hat to right the ship. For um, Jesse, I would totally rock that hat. Would you, though? I had a hat. I had a, I had a slightly hat. similar Michigan hat once upon a time. Mm, why? That, like, I thought it was a good idea when I bought it, and then I never wore it kind of thing. Um, but by the way, I really identify with that pre-Civil War Navy yeah, sail ship. Yeah, something that I think about all the time Play. when it comes to Baltimore. Uh, John Little Rock, I can't wear that atrocious hat for any day. Tough break for the club. Sorry. Uh, and what was the other area code? Like 667? Yeah, I, apparently it is an area code that is a, a license to Baltimore. I I've like, never seen I think it I actually before. just recently called a 667 number without knowing Assuming that it was, that a, it was out of town? Yeah, I don't care about that area code. Uh, Ken Zalis, so we get the top pick is what you're saying. You would have to pay me to wear the hat. What the heck is 667? I get it. I... That's the issue, though. If it hadn't had that, yeah, if it wasn't all 667. Aboard. If it was just 443 and 410, <laughs> he'd be like, this is a cool hat. <laughs> I'm all in on this. Uh, Paul from Orlando, I'll wear the hat for the sake of Orioles Nation. We suffered enough from... from <laughs> now, if they were Jack, to do some sort Jack, of... Jack, Jack says, is the 667 to recognize the number of losses they've had over the last five years? Uh, if they were to do... I saw there was a nice little cherry blossom hat the Nationals had. It was tastefully done with like the... But, uh, do they still look, have... let me continue. Okay. There was the underbrim was like a nice pink cherry blossom color, and mm. then they had flowers... I believe it's underboob. Underbrim. They had flowers coming out of the W, which was it was nice. It was tasteful. If they were to do something similar, like tastefully, like, tastefully done with like blue crabs... Around the O's logo and like a blue just, underbrim, just, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I would think that would be a creative thing to do with a nice Orioles hat that might uh, get some Maryland people a little excited. But this one, no, this is not a thing. It's a this too is much. just an abomination. It's like as uh, Kono Kunu said, forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, do yeah. do less. <laughs> you really, you're going all in on Kunu this week. No, You've gone all in. On all the in on a lot of references. I have the best references. Well, you were talking about the the. the well, I wasn't. It was I was called out yeah, on you, my my were, mind going to it. Yes, correct. Is the point. All right, continue. To get me your responses. And Kunu is Paul Rudd's character. That's true. That yeah. is that is a good point. Uh, I don't know why. Anyway, anyway, moral of the story being sure. All right, uh, continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in, we're going to chat with Randy Mueller, former NFL GM, get his thoughts on the Julio Jones situations. Could it work? Does it make sense? All of that. We'll do it next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, this is Chris Rowan from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkum and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the 
Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bella Road. For more information, go to great8smemorabilia.com. That's Great 8s with the number 8 letter S. And remember, Great 8s Memorabilia, be great. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Obviously, the Julio Jones rumors are going nowhere, and so I've really loved our conversation with our next guest. He's just a, a, a clearly a, not only an accomplished football man, but a sharp football mind, and by all accounts, one of the kindest people there is. 
It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show former NFL GM Randy Mueller, who's with us now here on GCR. Randy, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you again. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us today. My pleasure. Good to be back with you guys. Hope you're well. I hope you are well also, and, and your family and everybody's doing all right, as it looks like we are moving on and, and getting back to normal in our lives. Um, Randy, I just from a, from a broad perspective, right, is it, is, it, is it practical football for a team to be attempting to boldly do something like acquire – and I'm saying any team, you know, broadly. Is is this a smart thing for a team to do in general, to go after a 32-year-old wide receiver who's got big money on his contract for three more years and missed half the season due to injury a year ago, even though he's Julio Jones? Is that smart? Something is that a smart concept for football teams to be making moves like that? Well, I'm always in favor of getting good players, that's for sure. So I think you just have to do the risk-reward assessment, right? It all depends what you have to give up to get him. And it's clear Atlanta has to do something. They need his cap dollars. And really, they've been shopping him for the last month, if not longer. So there's nothing that's happened the last couple of days that, you know, really throws a wrench into it. Uh, I know a lot is being made of his comments on Fox the other day about he's out of Atlanta. But I don't think that's been a secret to anybody. I don't think it cuts off the leverage that Atlanta has, to be honest with you. I don't think they had a lot of leverage anyway. I think they've kind of made it clear that they were going to have to make a tough decision. And and you brought out the negative points uh, with regard to Julio. I still think he can play. I still think he fits in just about any system. He may not be the uh, world-class sprinter he once was, but he still can play. He can still get open. He still makes contested catches. Um, I see a lot of positives. I think it depends really on your team and the status of your roster where you're at. I don't think it makes sense for a rebuilding team, per se, to go get Julio Jones. So, But I think a team that's playoff-ready, that you could use an, another piece, I think it for sure makes sense if you can get him for the right price. Well, I was purposely leading, Randy, because the truth is I want Julio Jones desperately in Baltimore, and I think <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. And I was try- I, I keep asking people, like thinking that I'm going to get something that, that would someone would say, all right, here's why it doesn't really make sense. And no one's been able to give that to me, and we've been doing this for a while now. It, this really, to me, seems like an extraordinarily logical move for the Baltimore Ravens. And I get you got to figure out how to make it work. And, you know, there, there's cap issues that come with that. And there just might be another team that wants to offer more to do it. But I just can't fathom at this point why the Ravens wouldn't be pursuing Julio Jones or, or purposely trying to make something like this happen. It wouldn't surprise me if they had thrown their hat into the ring for sure. But you, you mentioned it. The Baltimore's a little bit cap strapped themselves. So, and they just spent a first-round pick on a receiver. So they have three receivers in Brown, Watkins, and Bateman that they feel good about. Um, I just think there might be some other teams out there that need him more than they do. Therefore, they could pay Atlanta a little more and have a little more cap space so it doesn't create you know, the credit card effect of having to charge now and pay later like it would for Baltimore. Let's face it, if they were to take on Julio's deal at $15 million, yep. it's going to force them to redo something and yep. create space, which they pay the price for in future years. Yeah, I mean, somebody would say back, well, isn't the cap going to grow in future years, right? Like, you know, aren't you going to be in better? But yes, but you also have to pay your quarterback in future years. You also, right. there are other things that are going to be coming up that don't just give you free money that other teams might not have. So so I, it sounds like what you're saying is it 
it would make sense to you for the Ravens to be, you know, pursuing, but you just don't know that ultimately they're going to be the team that's going to be willing to pay the most in order to get Julio Jones. I would agree with that. I just think it, on a scale of 1 to 10, it may may be a 7 fit for them, but I think there's a couple other teams where it may be an 8 or a 9 fit. And like I said, they have cap space. And, and really what I mean by having cap space means that you can make a deal like this unencumbered. Right. You can make a deal without having to even talk to Julio Jones. You don't have to redo his contract. There's a couple teams out there, you know, AFC teams, for example, like the Chargers or like New England, who have the cap space. They could make a deal today and not have to run it by anybody, uh, whether it's to create space or to make sure Julio's okay with it. So, you know, there are just other, I think, better fits. Would I be shocked if Baltimore made a deal for him? No, not at all. They want to win right now, too. Yep. And, and I'm all about getting good players like I started the conversation with. So I think we'll find out next week. Obviously, June 1 is the key date. So June 2nd, uh, maybe uh, Atlanta has something in their pocket that they pull out and play, but we'll see. Randy Mueller is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, former Saints, Dolphins, GM. Randy, is there a point within an organization where you acknowledge, hey, this could put us, you know, this might cause us some problems in a couple years. And as an organization, you say, yeah, but we're trying to win a Super Bowl and we can identify that this might be our best chance to win a Super Bowl. And so you accept that and say, we, we know what we're doing. We know, and I think there'd be an argument, the Saints did this in recent years, right? We know what we're doing. We know what it could cause, but this is our chance. We need to try to take advantage of it right now. Yeah, if that's truly what the Ravens believe in. I think teams do make mistakes more often than not when they say we're one player away, right? Okay. There, there's usually not many teams that are one player away. So that's the uniqueness about football. One player, yeah, he can make a difference, but there are so many moving parts, so many other things involved. So if the Ravens got to that point where they said, hey, this guy puts us over the top, I frankly don't see that in this case, but I could see a need. I just think those are the – those situations are few and far between where you can say this guy is definitely going to put us in that window at the top of winning the championship. Um, I read your piece at uh, FoxSports.com, um, and you alluded to a couple of other teams that you think do make more sense. And, you know, all of them are sort of interesting circumstances for me. I, 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 is there a side of this where there's a Julio factor. Like, how does this work with the Falcons, where they want to try to make the best trade that they can possibly make? But, like, I would still think that you're not trading Julio Jones somewhere that he doesn't want to go. Like, it's just, that's that's the type of player that he is. You don't want to cause those problems. You know, like, how much of that is real in determining where, where this ends up going? I think the Falcons have actually played it pretty good in that they have had nothing but respect uh, for Julio, and, and their GM, Terry Fontenot, came out and said this in an interview right around draft time where he kind of paved the way that Julio, they may have to do something with his contract. So I think they have communicated to Julio throughout. I don't think there's any disrespect card like we see in Green Bay yep. with Aaron Rodgers, but I do think um, that they're going to make the best deal business-wise for the Falcons, and it makes most sense that if they can get compensation that's higher in one place than the other, and that team has cap space, my guess is they'll go ahead and make the move without Julio's approval. I think he may have given them some places I would love to go, but at the end of the day, Terry Fontenot has to have the, the best uh, deal in mind for the Atlanta Falcons. That's just the business part of the deal. Uh, as you point out, the Chargers have you know close to $20 million in cap space. The Patriots, 15. The Niners have 18. 
Um, is there a do you think that there's a team that's willing to say, look, if if let's just get this done, we'll give you a first round pick to just end this right now. Or do you think teams are going to draw a hard line with Julio and say that that's not a price that we are going to pay while we're also taking on the money that, you know, we're, we're, we're helping you. We're not also giving you a first round pick. There's no way, no hell that's going to occur. I don't think there's a way they get a first-round pick now. I've been shocked before, but I just think that's pie in the sky. I think for the reasons that you just stated, I don't think that a team is going to want to cut off the jam just to get it over with and overpay. These teams are smart. These GMs are smart. They can read tea leaves. They know exactly what uh, what position the Falcons are in, so they're not going to overpay to get it. If that were to be a second-round pick, possibly, but I just don't see anybody valuing him when you consider all the other issues, whether it's injury, age, cap, I just don't see that, you know, bringing a first-round pick in return and somebody overpaying to do it. I think teams are going to play it out. I think they're going to call Atlanta's bluff and just see, hey, if they don't find something that's, you know, great for them, they may end up cutting the guy. Because I think the one team that would like to call off the jam and, and just end it is Atlanta. They need the money. So time is of the essence for them. And I think the other teams see that. What's what is a reasonable price? Is it is it you know second round pick? Is it less than that? Is it you know maybe throwing in a play? Like what is a reasonable price to pay for Julio Jones? Well, it's kind of hard to say because really the market is dictated by one team, right? All it takes is one team to say, "Hey, he's worth sure. this stuff." Yep. I've said all along that the, the first round pick was was the facade, and and that was uh, like I say a dream world. I think they would be ecstatic with a second-round pick. But more realistically, I think they might end up with a third-round pick. That's where I think it'll go. Hey, I've been wrong before. But that's what I think the comfort level is for both sides. I think Atlanta, any less than that, they might find a way to keep Julio and redo his own contract themselves. So I think they might move him for a third. I think a team might be willing to pay that. I just think that's where the common ground is. Maybe it's a late two, but more than likely it's a, it's a third-round pick. I'm just going to be honest with you, Randy. If, if the New England Patriots acquire Julio Jones for a third-round <laughs> pick and the Ravens didn't do it because they had Sammy Watkins, I might jump. I mean, it might be the moment <laughs> for me. That, and it's no offense to say, you know, like, and I know you brought him up earlier. Like, I, 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 I like Sammy Watkins so much better if he's my fourth wide receiver. He's played half the season in three of the last five years, and – you know, it's been a long time since he's been being particularly productive. Like I, I just I can't count on it the same way. Like I, it would the third a third round pick, and you got to make a couple right. of things. You got to make a couple of moves in order to create some space, and you don't go get Julio Jones. Oh, oh it would be <laughs> what? Be I don't tough. disagree with you on the assessment on Sammy. That's for sure. I think his best days are behind him. So yeah, uh, but the fact is they paid him. He's on a one year deal. I don't think that's going to change. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm certainly not suggesting they just get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. But man, oh <laughs> boy, oh, it would be tough to stomach. Um, well, I mean, what are the Packers going to end up doing? I mean, is is this just all going to be a long, drawn out process to them inevitably having to trade him to the Broncos before the season starts? <laughs> you know, I guess if we fast forward, if if someone uh, was to really put me into a corner, yes, my answer is yes. <laughs> that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. And I always side. It seems like with the teams because they have a lot of teeth and more leverage, whether it's the CBA or a specific contract, I think they have more cards in their pocket. But this one just feels different to me. This is Aaron Rodgers, right? This is a guy that, you know, he, he estranged his own family. So to challenge his principles, I think you're wasting time. So I think in the end, that's probably what ends up happening. 
happening. It's not fair. It, it is what it is, but it's also the business now and, and where this league is coming, where it, certain individuals have more say with their future than others. And I think Aaron, as the MVP, probably is going to get his way at the end of the day. That's just my hunch. And part, it, like, is there any – Do you, I, I feel diffi- it's difficult for me to absolve the Packers of blame in this, right? And I, I don't think that you have to tell – you know, your players every time you're going to draft somebody. But, like, this is a really unique spot that you were drafting a quarterback and you haven't drafted wide receivers. Like, I can't shake that. It does feel like that there, there, it is not unwarranted for Aaron Rodgers to say, what the F, guys? Like, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, no, I, I agree with you. I think I totally agree with you. I think it's been mishandled for even longer than that. Yeah. And, and there's been more missteps along the way now. Is Aaron Rodgers absolved of any blame? Of course not. Right, I think right. He's a, he's a difficult dude, right? We yep. all know that. Yep. But I think in this day and age, your door always has to be open to your star players, and really to any player. They have to be heard. And, and it's obvious Aaron feels like he hasn't been heard at all. He doesn't want to tell them who to pick. He doesn't want to decide who the coach is. I just think there's a disrespect on both sides that may end up uh, being the, the last straw in this relationship. MuellerFootball.com. Uh, Randy, want to remind everybody what you're doing over there? And, and are we going to see maybe some more of you doing uh, some stuff with Fox Sports moving forward? Well, you never know. I enjoy writing. I enjoy sharing thoughts with people. And I surely don't claim to have all the answers, but it's fun to talk about it. And, hey, that's all I know, right? I'm 35 years in the NFL, so it's fun to discuss these kind of things with people like you and others in the business. At Randy Mueller underscore on Twitter as well is how you follow him. And, and I'm telling you, you'll get a text from us. If it goes down as a third-round pick, we're just going to say, this is your <laughs> fault, Randy Mueller. This is your Sorry, fault. Man. And we're all jumping at that point. Randy, I greatly appreciate you taking the time for us as always, sir. Thank you so much for doing it. Have a great uh, and, and safe Memorial Day weekend, all right? It's... Thank you. Same to you guys. Randy Mueller, former NFL general manager, uh, appreciate him uh, taking the time for us. And I, I'm, my God, if the New England Patriots get him for less get Julio than Jones for, I swear to Christ, like I, I don't know. I mean, it'd probably be great radio for you guys. Like, if this, what day is the first? The first is Tuesday, right? If yeah, I'll be out of town, and that's a bummer for you. If bummer, on Tuesday afternoon. We get word that the Patriots have acquired Julio Jones for a third-round pick. I don't, I don't know that I will have stopped screaming by the time the next show begins. And I don't get worked up about much anymore. Like it takes, it takes a lot for me to get worked up about. But how do you justify not paying a second-round price for Julio Jones? presuming that's going to get it done and you can say all you want about well you know it's not that easy and there's cat there is there are pathways to getting it done from a cat perspective brian mcfarland maybe we'll invite brian on before the week is over brian mcfarland at uh, russell street report has painted those pictures for people there are pathways pastel watercolor uh yeah i don't know what he used exactly i'm not Oil I, we, we'll ask when uh, yeah. when we reach out um there are pathways to getting there without losing a player and by the way, the Falcons might want a player in return. Like they, they might, might right. want a they guy might. that can help. They might want a guy that can. I, I brought up. I brought up Deshaun that, Elliott right. earlier in the week. I brought up. I, I said if you want to look for somewhere where the Ravens can, you know, bring some money down and also have an asset for another team that the Falcons might look at and say, well, you know, we're not gonna have to pay him Julio Jones money next year. We could we could pay Deshaun Elliott to keep him around sure. for a few years, and and we like that. I'm not. 
I don't love giving up on Deshaun Elliott, but I don't know where the Ravens are with all the money they've got locked up already and if they feel as though they're going to be able to bring back Deshaun Elliott when he becomes a free agent next year. I, I, he's been good, but I don't think that he's been good to the point where he's a priority necessarily. I, I think he becomes... I, it's not expendable is not the word, but they no. have enough talent in the secondary where you think they might be able to absorb Well, and they've loss. always found safeties sure. in particular. They've always found safeties, and he's not such a great safety. Sure. I just don't know that he's a – I think the – I'm not looking to lose him, but I don't know that he's a priority for them moving I forward. I don't know that they he's say like, oh, we're we definitely have to make sure Deshaun we bring Elliott. back yeah. Deshaun Elliott as much as it's a, well, a well, let, him, let him find right, out. Yeah. You know, if, if he goes out of the market and it's a Tyus Bowser situation. Mm-hmm. If he goes out of the market and, you know, he comes back and says, here's what the numbers are, we might say, cool, you know, we can do that. That works for us. But we're not going out of our way to put a big money in front of Deshaun Elliott before he reaches free agency. I, that's the reason why his was the name that came up for me and sort of looking at the roster and, you know, things that could be done in order to try to make something happen. Not suggesting that's what's going to occur, but if it's a third-round pick, Jesus, I swear. I swear. By the moon and the stars and the sky, I'll be there. Today's show also brought to you by Window Nation. Incredible offer they have for you right now. 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Let's finish up Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Numero Trace. Um, Brian Powell says somebody was suggesting, of course, Brian Powell's a resident Patriots fan. I uh, saw uh, a conditional third in Nikhil Harry to the Falcons for yeah, Jones. Nikhil Harry is surely going to be extremely valuable. I mean, it's essentially it other than a essentially that's move, a that's yeah. a third round pick. Like that's what that is. Nobody nobody's looking for Nikhil Harry yeah. at this point, which is you know kind of crazy how far that's fallen like so quickly. He's had every but chance in that unit to try to stake claim to a job. I there compare that to John. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I compare that to John Ross. Like you can't. Would the Bengals want to trade John Ross? Absolutely. Does anybody want him? Nope. Nope, nobody's looking for him. So that's essentially a third round pick at that point. And uh, you know, you could call it a lottery ticket, but it's it's not even a lottery ticket, really. It's a, you know, take this off our hands and we won't be needing this anymore. Correct. Essentially that's what that is. All right, uh would you rather number 3? Would you rather with the new Jackass movie coming out? MTV has offered you and a group of your friends significant money to become a new jackass crew for a rebooted TV show. Or are you serious? Did you, like, see what those guys were doing to each other? No effing way I'm doing any of that, even for significant money. I mean, I read the article. Yeah. And again, I will reiterate, if you were a jackass fan, you might not have more fun reading an article. Sure. Horrifying stuff. Oh, no, my God. I well, mean, we know what they did. We know. We saw it. I get it. But we don't always... You want to stick a... We don't always know... You want to stick a toy car up your... We don't always know how long the after effects last either. Mm-hmm. It's fair. I mean, he's been concussed more times than he can count. Yeah. He was not going to do the fourth movie because of fear of concussions. I don't blame him. He still got concussed. Um, He had a ripped urethra. Yeah. For three years, he had to self-insert a catheter. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Just sounds so great. I'm scared of heights, also. 
Really? I am. I don't think I ever knew that about you. It's more of a scientific thing. I think most of the railings in our world are too short. I think that if my waist is above a railing, I don't feel safe. Okay. If half of my body is above this railing, then science suggests that I but would like, topple over. You don't have to walk to the railing. I'm just saying. If someone were to push me, what do I do? I'm dying. So, <laughs> and I, I will continue. <laughs> uh, another part of this. It's a weird bit. For all of the insanity of the entire cast and crew of Jackass. They have openly admitted Johnny Knoxville was the most insane. Um, you say that. No, no, like it's. I understand that, but it's the notion that these other guys weren't doing. No, I'm not saying that they like, weren't. I'm saying that he, and this is from the article specifically. I understand that. Steve-O was saying they would look and say, "Damn it!" Like if the face of the show. Yeah. If the guy that's most important yes, to is, all of is this, willing to do is willing to laugh in the face of stuff that we would be unwilling correct. to do, we have to do other yes. stuff. I don't have that. I'm not going to be that guy. I understand that, but then your show's not going to happen. That's my point. I'm right. not that guy. Right. I won't be able and willing to laugh in the face of these challenges. Yeah. So you're a no. The show's not going to go as well as yeah. they hope. Yeah. Well, or you're not, someone's going to die. You're not going to get your big money. Right. And I'm a... Truly amazed that that guy's still walking. Oh, I'm. I well, unfortunately, you know, for other reasons, sadly, we lost. Ryan, I understand. Ryan of Dunn, and, and it and touches on all of that. Bam Margera still yep. struggling, and that's like specifically like. I, there's been a lot made about the Bam Margera situation the was, last week. It was fired. Yep. Um. It's uh, quite a lifestyle. I mean, it's something that is truly uh, will be a case study in America entertainment. And as, as the article said, paved the way for our present form and way of consumption of entertainment. Our short 15-second to two-minute clip yep. content. Um, but I, as much as I appreciate all the laughs through the years, mm -hmm. I couldn't provide them. I, I absolutely could. There's no chance. I mean, I, look, if you had asked me this question 10 years ago, I, yeah, I think maybe. I would like, I didn't have, I didn't have kids. Yeah, I wasn't maybe. married. Like I would just be drunk I, all the time. I probably would have just said right. like, hell yeah, that right. sounds great. And part of this is those guys, these guys started at an age that was closer. Knoxville was 29, I think. Yeah. He was, he was not 37. Right. Like he started I'm at I'm 29, age. but I still wouldn't do it. Well, okay. That's, you're a little bit different. If you would ask me at 29, I, but he was already doing stunt stuff for writing for a magazine he was working on. And the other guys were doing crazy skateboard crap. Course, and right? like there like, was, there was a different culture to an extent yes there's a different thing that was existing i'm saying at 37 with kids oh of course nope, right yeah. nope not happening but at 20 at 29 where, where you are and and you know not being married i i might very well have said the hell with it i just don't think i've there there was a point in my life where and that to some extent it's no matter what somebody pitched me if somebody said i went from like when i was a kid mm -hmm. I didn't want to get on roller coasters because sure. I've got that uh, that what is the, the stomach thing that uh, vertigo. No, it's the thing that he like had vertigo from his butter bean. Why well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, it's the most iconic line in the <laughs> Jackass history. Is butter bean okay. okay? I mean, it's just it's the most iconic moment in the history of the show. Um, but I used to, whatever you call that thing that makes people take Dramamine, like whatever that thing is. Promotion would, sickness. Yeah, it would yeah. happen to me. It would happen to me because, of, and it's suddenly at some age. You just realized, I don't care. Yeah. What do I have to lose, right? I like, never had that issue. Like, I'm just going to go deal with it. And so at that point, I want to say I was about a junior in high school where I was like, you want to go bungee jumping? Let's go bungee jumping. You want to go jump out of a plane? Let's go jump out. Like I, I want to do like, skydiving, by the way. I, and I still would skydive. Yeah. I just don't like having would. the idea of a man would, just strapped to my back. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems weird. I, I still, we could do a, a I still company. would, but I'm not. Only female 
right yeah i don't think uh, service. yeah nice try uh, <laughs> um we're gonna purposely get you <laughs> it's like when we uh, sign up for the massage <laughs> um I, at this point in my life i would still probably do it but i would have more trepidation I would have more of a you thought would have of something to lose. I understand. Like at that yeah, point, yeah. you could have just said we're going to gym skydiving, and I wouldn't have cared. Like I just wouldn't have. I would have said, "Let's go, let's do it." Now I want to be like, "Is this a reputable place? Have they ever had any you know accidents in the past?" Like I would think more about those things because I have kids now, right? Like I have something to lose at this point. Oh, man. Um, I think just the inconvenience of broken bones. Oh, dude, her- horrendous! And I get like, it's your it's. It's not you it's don't your job, to right? Be broken you know what I mean? So, like, like you're just not inconvenient. Like when just, you break your bones, it's sort of like it. injuries in football. You accept that they happen. It's just better, almost. Right? Things. But like, sucks. They suck. We're in cast. Oh, dude, sucks. it's awful. But it's not like you have to go to work the next. You don't have to come to the office the next day. Your job. But how would you not just be drunk or high all you the know, time? That would, the pain pills would be a real like yeah. that would be a real concern. And obviously, a lot of those guys who seriously, seriously battle right. addiction like it's it's quite a problem. So yes, I am a no uh, for the jackass scenario. Do you know his real name is PJ? Uh, Johnny. Yeah. His birth name is yes. PJ. Yeah. I did not know that. It goes by PJ. Um, from I call, I from John Proctor. John Proctor, I would like to say yes, but I know how slowly my body recovers from anything anymore. The pranks would be fine, but those guys did some crazy s. I would do it to Glenn uh, if I would do it if Glenn was in the bungee porta potty, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up. For I would rather have my friends have to play one on one against like the best basketball players in the world. It's just embarrassment. That's not that's not correct. Yeah, I mean, like, who cares that you get embarrassed? I'd love it. Um, most people are saying no. Or like an Oklahoma drill with Derrick Henry. Even for a lot of money, they would not do something like this. Most people are. Josh is saying that he and his friends would do it. I think Josh is a little bit younger, so I, I think I do think age is clearly a factor in this conversation. I think also if you have, like, have history as a skateboarder, you're more than prone to saying, yes, I'll do this. Yeah, I mean, I... have just like, fallen so many times right. that you're just like, this is just a, this is my Saturday. I like, hear you. I hear you. Um, Paul from Ovilando, I never had a desire to do what Steve-O and the rest of them would even, even when I was 20 years younger. Well, I mean, certainly never had a desire to think, st- shove a car toy up my butt. I know that or much. Like dangle meat from a bikini. Yeah, never, the, these uh, things alligators. in particular. Some of it I was like, I would like the... Well, you can tell Steve-O had no desire to do it either. Oh, of course not. <laughs> no. no. Well, Steve-O bailed on the car toy, remember? Like, they, they set that up that way. Well, like in Wild Boys, it, he would always be so pissed that he had to <laughs> right. even be there in the first place. Right? No doubt about it. Um, overwhelming. John also said that he would be willing to do it, but it's very few, very few that are stepping up and saying that they would be willing to do the jackass thing, even for a lot of money. All right. I mean, I get it. I get it. All right. Um, uh, get your responses in. We'll pick a winner for the $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill tomorrow morning. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Tucker Fest. We're going to be there June 27th at Jerry's Toyota for the inaugural Tucker Fest. Justin Tucker, of course, will be there. He's the kicker. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's going to the Hall of Fame one day. He's that good. You can get your picture and autograph tickets for 50 bucks. You say, Glenn, 50 bucks? That's a lot. That's money that's going to the Brigant's Brigade. That's the point of this. You're really participating in a fundraiser for the Brigant's Brigade where you would think that you would be willing to donate $50 at some point during the course of the year to such a wonderful charity that... Baltimore football fans love and is based on one of our favorite people and his own fight against ALS and trying to do more for the broader fight against ALS. What we're saying is you're going to make that $50 donation and you're going to get 
the picture and autograph with Justin Tucker. Now think about that a little bit more, and suddenly you say to yourself, oh, oh, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Great8smemorabilia.com is the website for you to find out more. The festival itself is free, and it's a family fun event. There's going to be live music all day, Joey Harcum, Dave Teef. There's the dunk tank, Jeremy Kahn's getting in. There's going to be a live broadcast. There's going to be all sorts of food trucks, cornhole tournament. It's just going to be an awesome day for you to go put your purple on, celebrate, have fun with other Baltimore football fans. But if you want to meet, picture autograph Justin Tucker, go to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com to get your tickets right now. You can find out more about the private signings they have coming up with the likes of uh, Joe Flacco and Anquan Bolden, as well as they are rolling out a big project for the state fair with a purple takeover with Hollywood Brown, with the most of the guys from this year's draft class. There's a lot of big stuff happening with Great Eights Memorabilia. Find out about all of it right now, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Tidbit of the day. Well, Orioles... Yeah, it yeah. happened. Yeah. Not yeah. ideal, not ideal. It's okay. What else so, do you want to uh, say? Currently number one overall pick for this upcoming draft now. So uh, you have that going, although the Pirates might be uh, doing their best to join the Orioles down there at the bottom. For what it's worth, the Pirates have now allowed a multi-home run game by an opposing player in four straight games. That ties the longest such streak of all time, joining the likes of the 1956 Cubs, the 2010 Royals, the 1998 Orioles mm. and the 2019 Orioles. Yeah, I mean, those are those are all really bad teams. <laughs> so yeah, the Pirates uh, might be going for it as well this year. Well, we the, will the, see. Oh, somebody pointed this out earlier. I think it was Paul who said, "Hang on a second. Um, the Tigers also are a problem." He said, "I think the O's started their rebuild or collapse a year after the Tigers." But I can't believe, looking at the standings, after an eight-game losing streak, the Orioles are still only one game ahead of Detroit. It'll be a, it'll be quite the race. They're turning into a real thorn in the Orioles' side, those it would help Tigers. If one of these teams could maybe acquire Jacob DeGrom, it might separate yeah. them from the Orioles. I mean, I bet are they looking to – I don't think they're looking to trade him. No, don't think so. Jacob DeGrom, uh, he's thrown 37 sliders this year okay. that have gone faster – or 94 or more board? miles oh, okay. per hour. That seems good. A slider at 94 miles per I'd, hour. It's a good number. Three other players have had one. Actually, there's only been three thrown in the entire MLB other than his 37. You know, I mean, are you asking me who they are? No, God. I, 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 I have no idea. John Means, though, has not thrown any. Not surprising. He has, however, since 2019, has produced an 8.9 wins above replacement. Only six pitchers in that span. It's 2019. I've had more. Who? Only six pitchers since 2019 and better wins above replacement. Um, Somebody should be pretty quick to be mentioned. I mean, I would think that... Well, hang on a second. I would think that Jacob deGrom would be... As previously mentioned, yeah. that uh, fellow's pretty good. 12.6. I think if we span. if we go back to nineteen, Nola, no, uh, I see what you did there. That was very clever, Garrett Cole. Uh, yes, Cola on the list, eleven point six. Shares there, not good. Eight point nine tied with means. Two thousand nineteen. Mm -hmm. Kershaw, negative. 
Um, anybody that's either currently or has been an Indians pitcher. Jeez Louise. Um, I mean, uh, in that, yes. in that, yes. So Bauer, no. Carrasco, no. Bieber, nine point six. Any, any more? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. How many more are we talking about? At least three. Or I four. got, I got three, right? Uh, Verlander, no. Uh, Granky. Negative. Giolito. No. Strasburg. No. Darvish. No. It was around the time he turned it around, though, wasn't it? He had a rough 19, I feel like, maybe. Was it still 19? I thought he. I, I thought 19 was when he got it back. I mean, the answer is no, so no. Maybe maybe it wasn't until 20. Cindergard. Uh, nope. Hauser's Bouts. Hauser's Bouts. This is Baseball Reference Wars. That might help you. Oh. Not Fangraphs War. I know oh, you're probably crap. thinking about Fangraphs War. Oh, yeah, I know. God. You're if welcome. you would have said that to begin with, I would have definitely known that the answer was. Close, um, close actually. Uh, One name with m- similar syllables. Yeah? <laughs> who has a long syllable last name? Who am I not who am I who am I not thinking of? It's not his last name, just his whole name. His whole name has a lot of syllables, is what you're saying. No, it's just similar like a flow to it. You, you you're just not do. helping me. <laughs> is it Woodruff? He's been good this year. Nope. <sighs> um You're missing the second place guy who had more than Garrett Cole. You're missing the fourth place guy who has played in both the AL and NL. Is it, by the way, is span. Lance Lynn's really good, right? Is it Lance Lynn? Lance Lynn is number two on the list at okay. 11.7. You know, it's going to be Lynn and Means on Saturday. I don't care. You uh, Seems significant. I don't know why you would just be dismissive of that. It's a noteworthy uh, thing. Charlie Morton? One player on this list played for both the AL uh, and uh, NL in that happen. span. Uh, Morton. In that span, Glenn. I'm just uh, Mort Morton. No. Snell. No. Gla- know, he, although he did qualify. He did, for that. he did qualify actually. Glasnow. No. Played for both the AL and I don't. I don't. Another has pitched for now two different teams in the same division. Right. Ryu. Yunjin Ryu is indeed the fourth at nine point eight. Okay. Two different teams in the same division for the other player. I don't know, man. These are hints that are helping you, bud. No, they're not. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't think of. Uh, I don't know. Team former teammate of one of the players in the list. Oh, great! That really narrows it down. Patrick Corbin. Nope. I don't even know who that would. Scherzer wasn't on the list. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. He's a current teammate. Thank you. Also. Um. Uh, uh, Lamette. He's a current nope. teammate. And, and, and Darvish wasn't on the list. Son of a bitch. Uh, 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 Maeda. Nope. I don't know, man. You're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Number five at nine point seven wins above replacement since 2019 is yeah. Zach Wheeler. Oh, okay. All right. I probably should have. That is. Never mind. I should have gotten that. All right, uh, very good. Tidbit was also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. Speaking of John Means, he's on the cover. Go pick it up right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find uh, Pressbox. I know we don't really if if the Chris Holt thing was happening, you know, like a, you know anywhere else in baseball, it would probably be a like a story that we'd be interested in. We would. It's very weird. It's very weird. I had somebody message me about it the other day, and I didn't know how to say like 
do we care? You know, like, and like, I, how's it going to affect anything? But like, I, you know, like, I, it's still odd. Yeah, it's very odd. And like, Mike Elias was asked about it today, and like, his response was like, "Life happens." You hope it's hopes. I, I mean, I just, I hope everybody, like I hope that, everybody's yeah, okay. Right, yeah. I hope everybody's okay. But it's really weird. It's really weird. That's it. It's just really weird. Um, you know, you just you you hope for the best uh, of health and that everybody's doing all right. It's a very weird situation. All right, uh, tubular brought to you by KNS Automotive for over forty years. KNS has been restoring, repairing. Maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. It's everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work. They've got you covered. Give them a call, 410-235-6660, or go to knsimports.com. That's K-N-S Automotive, knsimports.com. All right, uh, here's what's coming up uh, today and tonight, totally tubular-wise. The Orioles will wrap their series with the Twins this afternoon. Uh, looking to avoid a ninth straight loss, Masson at one o'clock for that game. Jorge Lopez and Mike—it's Mi- Michael Pineda, the pitching matchup. It's also if you happen to live in the St. Louis or Chicago markets, you can see it on MLB Network. Masson's also got Reds, Nationals at seven. ESPN Dodgers, Astros at seven forty. MLB Network Cardinals, White Sox at two. Giants, Diamondbacks joined in progress late tonight. NBC Sports Washington and NBA TV for Wizards Sixers game two at seven. TNT Hawks Knicks game two seven thirty. Grizzlies Jazz game two at ten. NBCSN Pens Islanders game six at six thirty. Golden Knights Wild game six at nine. CNBC for Panthers Lightning game six at eight. CBS Sports Network for the Europa League final. Who you got? <sighs> It's tough to really say. I'm going to go with Europa. You're going to go with Europa, winning the Europa League final. That I mean, doesn't typically when happen. When you get that it named way. after you, you should. Yeah, right? right. It does seem like something. Man U and Villarreal, the matchup at three o'clock. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces and Phoenix Mercury at ten. Uh, and then uh, I don't know. Oh, right. There is no AEW tonight because they moved it to Friday. That's the reason why it's not on the list. I, you knew that, though. <laughs> of course. I can told I, you. Who am I telling? They got the playoffs tonight, so they can't have any wrestling on TNT. Uh, some non-sports highlights. Oh, boy. Crank Yankers, 1030, Comedy Central. I don't know. You yeah. can do worse, Maybe. I guess. Sofia Vergara's on Fallon. John Krasinski's on Seth Meyers. Emily Blunt's on Kimmel, along with, uh, who was the American Idol winner, Glenn? <laughs> Chase Beckham, baby. Oh, oh. Chase spelled C-H-A-Y-C-E. Yeah, that's a, Gordon Beckham's brother. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Tim Beckham's Will nephew. Will is on Stephen Colbert. What's he promoting? Uh, I genuinely don't know. Hopefully something we like. Yeah, man. Uh, stuff I like Will Arnett. Check it all out. Does he have a new show? I hope so. That would be great, wouldn't it? What's uh, what's going on in Will Arnett's life? Hang on a second. Uh, he's doing a podcast with Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. I like That's those films. I like. Oh, oh, you know what? Uh, no, it's not that. It's, he's a Lego Masters. <sighs> yeah. Doing it or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Lego Masters. He's a shill for the corporate fellas. He really is, isn't he? Damn it. Damn it. That's a bummer. All right, uh, there you go. Find it all at glennclarkradio.com. Tubular was also brought to you today by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Tonight, Stan the Fan, Gary Stein, catching up with Rob Ambrose, Towson football coach. You'll be able to uh, find that live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or tomorrow, same location. Click on the videos tab and pressboxonline.com. And if you missed earlier on in the week, a uh, great conversation that Stan and Ross Grimsley had with Mike Bordick. You can find it in those same locations. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. 
Thanks today to Randy Mueller. Thanks, Dave Petromala. Thanks, Patrick Stevens and Drew Forrester. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. David Sampson will join uh, us. Oh, yeah, former Marlins team president. Um, just want to sort of talk about some of the hypothetical things we've been discussing. John Means, Trey Mancini, all that type of stuff. What the Orioles do, you know, as, as far as who they, you know, keep and build around, who they move to keep getting parts, timeline, things along those lines. Just want to get some thoughts from somebody that knows a little bit more. Uh, irons and fires. Ah, good. Things. Love an irons and fires day. You know. It's my favorites. Is Booker checking in? Nah, we can figure it out. I'll All right. check. All right. I mean, if we got other lacrosse things, we can. Whatever. We'll talk about it off the air. We will. Thanks, everybody. Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad, lonely man. Follow him on Twitter at K Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go, go, birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.